Good morning. It is Glenn Clark Radio. Would you rather Wednesday edition of the show brought to you by Glory Days Grill. I'm Glenn. He's Griffin. Coming up in just a few minutes, our buddy Eric at home, NFL.com. He's actually, I don't think um, I don't think we chatted with Eric since he's moved over to uh, .com. Uh, he was uh, monitoring the Ravens game and writing about it for them on Sunday. We'll talk to him about what he saw. Then later on this hour, the great Brian Baldinger returns to the program. Baldy uh, will be on the call for Compass Media on Sunday for Ravens-Dolphins national radio broadcast. He did a, a few Ravens-related breakdowns this week. Of course, everybody loves Baldy's breakdowns on Twitter. Did one last night about Lamar Jackson and how much how the effort Lamar put into staying in the pocket on Sunday. And I agree. In watching his video, there appears to be a determined effort to stay in the pocket. Now the question I need to ask Baldy is, is that what Lamar should be doing? Is being so hell-bent on staying in the pocket? Just a question. We'll talk about it. I know Michael Irvin has that opinion. I'm not trying to criticize Lamar at all. It's not a criticism as much as it's a question. I, I, I think that Baldy pointed out a few throws where it worked out quite well that Lamar stayed in the pocket, allowed a play to develop. But there's a lot of times where I see these videos and I say to myself, boy, there seems to be an awful lot of space for him to take off running, and he's Lamar Jackson. Talk about it with Baldy. Drew Forrester will check in as he does every Wednesday because we are gluttons for punishment as well. Today's show brought to you by the Ginsu Kamado Grill coming soon. It's the perfect ceramic tailgate or home grill to sear, grill, bake, and smoke all kinds of food. Get the details and reserve yours today at ginsugrills.com. Orioles win last night, which, you know, is better than the alternative. World Series back on. And they were flirting with the alternative for a bit last night. Like There was a moment when they were down 3-1 where I'm like, oh my, is this really how this is going to go? Like, you've already lost to the bad teams. You already lost to the Red Sox. They're a bad team. You already got your butts kicked. You're going to let it just completely fall apart and, and allow the Nationals to put the final nail in the coffin? Like, really? That's how this is going to go? Uh, but that didn't end up being the case. Uh, like everybody else, I thought the moment with uh, Ryan Mountcastle and Hunter Harvey was, was pretty neat. I'm sure Hunter Harvey might not feel the exact same way, but his team stinks, so what do I, I care? Uh, I don't know that he was exactly thrilled. Ryan Mountcastle, Hunter Harvey, apparently uh, legitimately best friends. Apparently they got, they got dinner the other like the night before. Cool, <laughs> cool. I mean, uh, you know, I would, I would, you know, it's this weird thing where I'm like, hey, that's neat, but like, where were these home runs when we needed them? <laughs> like, that's the that's the tough part for me. Maybe right we now. need them right now. Mm, maybe, but it's a hard. Maybe it is really difficult to envision this being particularly helpful at this point in the season. Now, I hope I hope I'm wrong. I hope that the Orioles have some sort of dramatic turnaround. That would be swell. Um, what ended up happening with the Blue Jays and the Rays in the second game? Last they night? the Blue Jays won. So, so the Blue we... Jays have now gone ahead of the Rays. So bad news for the Orioles. They made up no ground. Yeah. Actually, wait, did we go in five and a half back yesterday? No, they went in five oh, games back okay. of Toronto. Now they're five games back of Tampa. And Seattle. Seattle lost to San Diego. It's still five games. <laughs> it doesn't change the number. Five games. Five games back. Pretty interesting race between those three teams. 
uh, sure, except they all kind of comfortably hold spots. Yeah, but you know, moment. one of them's going to host a the wild a wild card series. Okay. So, is that how that works? I think so. yeah, because the first two are getting buys. The, so the one and two. Okay, have, yeah. So the, the third, three, the, the three third division the winner, and, and the. Uh, yeah. I mean, oh, okay. <laughs> like, I'm not. Okay. It'll be us. So it, it doesn't really. We'll we'll care. It doesn't really impact we'll me, man. It just does not. I have no concern as to whether the Blue Jays, Mariners, or Rays host the other in a playoff series. That just does nothing for me, dog. I'm sorry. It, you can't get me worked up about that. Uh, but, hey, again, it could be worse. If there's any bizarro world where the Orioles can make one more dramatic run, they can't afford to be losing games to the Nationals, and they didn't. And I, I, Felix Batista did indeed make his return, so that's good. Uh, Rugnet Odor was out, but I'm not really sure what difference that makes, if I'm being totally honest with you. We saw uh, Jorge Mateo come in and talk to Felix Bautista in the ninth inning, settling down after he walked the... <laughs> Okay. So, so he he took that from Odor. That's oh, from Odor. Oh, that was Odor's role. You're yeah, saying? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, okay. so Odor. That's why Odor was so, so important this so, season. So no need for Rugnet Odor to come back. Jorge Mateo can just do that moving forward. Sure. Well, that, well that's why it was important that Odor we'll was here. I, I wish I wish I could get more. I wish I had more spirit. I wish I had more of of some sort of feeling about this. I don't. I just don't. I don't think there's any path. I don't think there's any path back into it. I think five games is entirely too much. Now, you can keep telling me about how they have six games left with the Blue Jays. You're asking them to win all of those games and still not trip up anywhere else. It's, it's, it's absurd. Like, even if they win five of those six games, they don't make up the difference. Remember, they're now... Five and a half games back of Toronto. They would have to win all six. It's not reasonable. It's not reasonable to keep talking about how that's the difference and that's why they're still in it. Could like the most reasonable thing you could ask is for them to go four and two. They go four and two, they only make up two games. Where are the rest coming from? I, I'm again, I know. I know I sound so negative i know i sound like such a debbie downer and i know that baseball is still going on and until the orioles are eliminated we're gonna enjoy it and the whole i understand all that i just can't live in fantasy land like i can't pretend like there is some sort of reasonable path is it impossible of course not at the beginning of the season i didn't think it was likely but you can never say anything's impossible it's not impossible until it is of course it's not impossible but is there any reasonable scenario by which I see the Orioles being in a playoff race? I don't see it. They struggled to beat the Nationals last night. I hope I'm wrong. I hope there is a big charge coming. A win's a win. You're right about that. Dynamite observation. That's why they call him the they, best color analyst. They're not calling the best color analyst in baseball for nothing, folks. A win is a win. It's not. It's not a watermelon. That's a. That's a different thing altogether. They didn't lose any ground. A win is. It's not the War of eighteen twelve. Different thing. A win is a win. That's what it is. Uh, they wrap up this short series of the Nationals tonight. Tyler Wells on the mound against Patrick Corbin. We'll see how much uh, Tyler Wells has in him. That's, of course, the other you know, subplot is that they had to piggyback him last time. And because they had two days off this week, they would have more of an opportunity to do that 
um, tonight should that be necessary. But you hope that I think it's going to be both. He's, he's ramping up. The real question is, why are we not? Where's what's going on with Grayson exactly? Like, what's the deal there? Like, I, I mean. You're kind of running out of time there. What exactly are we doing? You're waiting for him to come home against I, I mean, Detroit. It, it could be. I, it's. I, it would be as I've said a million times before. It would be nice for the Orioles to prioritize having their guys go. But if he's ready, like again, this I always say the rules to me are different if you're competing for a playoff spot. And I know that it's difficult to paint a picture where you're competing for a playoff spot. But it is a little weird. <laughs> like it's a little weird. You'd be waiting until next week if you're trying to do it at home. And I don't know that I understand, like, why suddenly you – when you didn't do this with other guys, why are you suddenly choosing to do it with Grayson yeah. Rodriguez? I He's not going to start, know. is he? He can't start. Like, he's like is he ramped up to start a game? Um, like it, no, I don't think he's gone very deep okay. so far. I think he would be pitching likely out of the bullpen at this point. And I mean, or as, you know, an, an opener, opener yeah. if you will. Let me pull up to see what he did in his last appearance. Because I know he pitched two days ago. Um, or th- maybe it was three days ago. Maybe it was Sunday that he pitched. It's difficult for me to remember anything. It's difficult for me to remember what day it is currently. He pitched on September 11th, so that would have been Sunday. He went two and two-thirds. Ooh, but four and runs. Hey. Oh, boy. Yeah, he can let up those I only let runs. up one hit, but he it was three walks. He can three let walks. up those runs in Camden Yards. However, uh-huh. here, by the way, th- this is he recorded eight outs on Sunday. Here's, this is a wild stat. Recorded eight outs on Sunday. Seven of them by strike. It's, uh, That's a weird line, man. Yeah. I would like to know more about that game. Really weird line. Uh, four runs and two and two-thirds on one hit, three walks, seven strikeouts. It's a very, very weird line. I'm assuming that means the one hit was a either a grand slam or a three-run homer. Or how many how many walks did he have? He didn't walk anybody? Three walks. Okay. One hit, three walks, seven. Yeah, he can't allow four runs if he only allowed one hit and no walks. That's... I mean, it would take, I guess, a bunch of errors, I guess, could get you there. Um, three walks, one hit, four earned runs. Every runner on base scored. Seven strikeouts. Weird line, man. So I don't know what the story is on Grayson Rodriguez. We will see. The other thing that we're kind of waiting on to see is what the uh, Ravens do. They have, of course, two roster spots open up as they unfortunately had to put both Fuller and James on IR this week. And so the question is, what do you do with those two roster spots? I think most people seem to believe that um, David Sharp, who's on um, the uh, the roster, I believe that he will end up getting one of those spots to give them one more offensive lineman. There's just not much out there on the street for them to get in order to fill those roster spots. Like... I, I, could you pull somebody off just because you need to? Of course. You could always pull somebody off. What's the real difference in it being somebody that's internal that you don't trust versus somebody that's external that you don't trust? You can sign somebody off somebody else's practice squad. They signed a dude or they picked up a waiver claim on a guy that I'd never heard. I was combing over the Ravens roster for power rankings this week, which are up at PressBoxOnline.com. You'll never believe who I have number one. That's right. The Washington Commanders. Big win. Take him really? in. Let's do it. The Bills. Of course, I have the Bills number one. They beat the Rams. I'm not sure if you heard. Of course, the Bills are number one. Although, the Chiefs look really good, too. Um, Oh, great. They're both in our conference. Cool. Bro. I mean, you knew what you were getting into when the season began. Of course, we thought the Bengals were almighty, too. Uh, Turns out they don't have a long snapper. It's a weird, weird bit. 
Um, the other weird bit is that they turned the ball over like a hundred times, and still, if they just had a long snapper, they would have won. So there's that. Um, I I said in there, I I was doing a bit where I was combing over everybody's roster to to do the. I had no idea this guy played for this team now, which I do that every year. Every year, I'm like, holy crap! Like when I sat down to watch the Thursday night game last week, I had no bloody clue that Jamison Crowder was now a Buffalo Bill. I had no idea. Neither did I when I drafted Isaiah McKenzie. I thought I was like, oh, McKenzie's getting yeah. all the slot. I don't. I don't know when that happened. And I don't know. I nothing. I knew none of it because <laughs> like you can. You have only so much bandwidth to pay attention to all these things. And outside guys with fantasy football ramifications, why would you pay, be paying particularly close attention? When I found out Quan Alexander was a Jet, I was like, since when? When the hell did that happen? I thought he was a saint. I do this every year. Kyle and I used to play a game where I would go through and I would just grab like 20 names and ask him if he knew what team they played for now. That's a fun game. It's a great game. <laughs> maybe maybe later in the show I'll have you do that with me. Okay. Now, remember, I went through the rosters this week. Okay. But I still don't know. I all still right. don't know that I'm going to do well with the game because it's very difficult to remember all of these things. So I did that for power rankings this week, and I combed over the Ravens roster to see who someone in another market, like a guy that was doing radio in Denver today, would be like, wow, really? That guy's a Raven? How did I miss that? Um, you know, if, if it's how, – how did I miss that Demarcus Robinson ended up in Baltimore? How did I miss that Mike Davis was a Raven, right? Like, I think there are – there are players on the Ravens roster that somebody in another market would miss. And as I was going through it, I swear to God, there was a guy on the Ravens roster. I was like, who the hell is that? Now I got to remember what the guy's name was. Because <laughs> I was like, <laughs> he plays for the Ravens. <laughs> That's our team. And I don't know who the hell that guy is. I've never heard of him in my life. Um, oh, my God. I got to pull it up. Delshawn Phillips. He's on the active roster. He's not on the practice squad. He wasn't around for training camp. He's one of the 53. I don't know who he is. No clue. None. So, I, you know, I think I went back and found out he was a guy that they picked up at the on the waiver wire at the end of um, training camp. And my point being, they could make the move for David Sharp. That's an option. They could also just pick somebody up off of someone else's practice squad that they happen to like or somebody that they thought about uh, or they looked at when training, camps cut, training camp cuts occurred. But the reality is they're going to have to make two roster moves this week as they officially placed both Juwan James and Kyle Fuller on IR yesterday. Today's show is also brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. They are offering you $5 in free bet play for every $25 same-game parlay you make. It's a little bit complicated. You've got to make that parlay bet this week, and then you can come back next week and make your $5 free play parlay bet, but it's got to be on a same-game parlay at plus 500 odds or more. So it's giving you sort of a free chance to win big money. You got to go out there on it. You got to think about maybe like two different touchdown scorers in the same game, something like that. For every $25 bet that you put in, $5 in free play for a single-game parlay of plus 500 or plus 500 odds or more. Find out more by just going up to the window at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. They will explain it all to you in detail, but that's going on right now for football season as you enjoy watching and betting on all of the games. I don't know that we've caught up with this man since he got his new gig. He's been one of my favorites for a long time. He is Mr. Eric Edholm, and he's now at NFL.com. Eric, it's Glenn. It's been too long, my friend. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us, and congratulations on the new gig. 
Yeah, it has been too long, and and thank you very much for that. Very good to hear your voice. Hope you're doing uh, well as always. I'm doing all right, man. The very same to you. Before, I mean, just give me a, a bigger idea. I know you're going to be doing draft stuff for them, and of course, we've had you on yeah. all the time to talk about draft over the years. But what else can we expect from you now that you've jumped over to NFL.com? Yeah, I, I won't be fully in draft mode. I mean, I'll be doing a little bit of draft stuff. A little, you know, I've, we we've kind of noticed that our our audience uh, tends to to lean that direction more in the October, November, December range. And of course, anything after that, but yeah, I mean, I'll be doing kind of the, uh, the, what we learned uh, around the league, uh, kind of a, you know, I'll look at two or three games uh, over the weekend, watch them closely. And, uh, you know, some, some takeaways from those games, I'll be doing some, uh, some other features during the week, but yeah, as we get closer to, uh, the, the chillier months, I'll start shifting more to draft mode. And I know that you, uh, had the Ravens game this week as one of yeah. your, uh, games for what we learned. Um, I, I, let me just start there. What, what most jumped out at you? What was the thing? I, cause this is the difficult part for me, Eric. It's week one. It's the New York Jets. It's in particular, Joe Flacco and the New York Jets. Right. And, it would be easy to be kind of dismissive and say, well, it was kind of a lackluster performance. It wasn't exactly exhilarating. But at the same time, we also saw what happened everywhere else in the NFL this week and how many other teams we thought would have easy wins that didn't. So I, it, for the most part, I think if Ravens fans should be fairly pleased with what they saw in the performance against the Jets. Yeah. Look, I mean, obviously things got off for, for both teams, but but certainly for the Ravens, at least according to expectations, got off to a pretty slow start offensively. And, you know, they get the the short field with the interception, can't convert, got to settle for a field goal, things like that. You know, really wasn't until that, uh, you know, that, that one drive right before the end of the first half that you felt like they started to get a rhythm. And I think a lot of it was, predicated with a lack of a run game they just couldn't get anything going on the ground <clears throat> put a lot on Lamar's shoulders obviously not a complete offensive line right now or at least not you know the peak of its powers so you know he had to do a lot and I thought he for the most part did great and you saw some of the the fruits of that in the second half with the downfield passing game things like that and you know he, he you know, we didn't seem to get bothered either by the fact that, you know, Isaiah likely had a tough uh, first game. Bateman had the drop. And it was just, you know, it was a little sloppy, but you you saw him pretty in control. And like you said, not the greatest opponent of all time. But I do think this is a better Jets team. They were in a tough spot with, with Wilson out. They've had their plenty of issues at offensive tackle too. But I think this is a better Jets team. So I think we'll look back on that win as being maybe a, a shade more impressive than uh, maybe it looks right now. I mean, I, I will, I will believe you. I, look, I do. I love Garrett Wilson. <laughs> I think Garrett Wilson looks like a, yeah. a, a an absolute rock star. Otherwise, I'm just yep. going to be forced. To, and 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 obviously, Quinn Williams looked like a monster as well on Sunday. But yep. outside of that, I'm just going to be forced to believe you when it comes to that because I didn't <laughs> see it. Um, I, I bring up you know obviously the run game thing, and I know you wrote about it as well. I. The way that I discussed it on our, our post-game show was, look, I'm it, it, this can't work. Like You're not going to be able to win a Super Bowl in this AFC without being able to establish the run game. I'm willing to not panic about it until you get more of your pieces back into place. And maybe, unfortunately, at this point, we should say if you get your pieces back into place, specifically when it comes to Ronnie Stanley. But once you have J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards more dynamic backs, then maybe I'll wait till then to judge the run game, what do you make of that? 
Yeah, I think I think you're on to something there. I mean, obviously, you know, you had to, you know, kind of split carries up between Drake and uh, Davis, and Hill got a few carries as well, and those guys all, you know, had uh, some input on the passing game too or whatever. And, you know, I just think that there was obviously a kind of a void there, like you, as you pointed out. I think obviously with a, with a better pecking order at running back, you know, they'd have a little bit better options. With Stanley back, you'd have a better blocking offensive line. And, you know, a lot of it obviously is going to be based on the looks you're getting. And they clearly were, you know, playing some, some eight in the box and stuff. And that obviously helped Lamar get some looks downfield and, and more vertical passing game than, than we've necessarily seen at times. So, I, yeah, I mean, obviously that's, that's a big part of it. I look at the team like the Rams, right, their inability to run the football. They're a little bit stubborn with what they do. Um, I think the Ravens are a little bit more flexible offensively. But, you know, it raises a good issue, right? In, the, in this day and age, people tend to downplay the run game. But you sometimes have to run the ball to get the defensive looks you want mm-hmm. to be able to throw the ball, right? So that's that's a big part of it, too. And it may not show up in the yards as much or in the first downs or, you know, average yards per play or any of that stuff. But, yeah, you'll you'll notice it, right? And those big plays will eventually come. So, I, I yeah, I mean, this is a team that's obviously kind of made its hallmark as, as the run game is the backbone of the offense and everything kind of branches off of that. I don't know that we're going to be talking about a – top five unit this year like we normally do in Baltimore but I do think eventually it'll it'll start you know flourishing a little bit he is Eric Edholm NFL.com he's with us here on Glenn Clark Radio Eric um I, I thought the biggest story to me of the game I, I, maybe I'll, I'll make it a tie one being I, I thought what we saw from Devin Duvernay was so important and not just because he specifically caught touchdowns but I mean, it, you could tell the Jets were lining Sauce Gardner up against Mark Andrews. Like, there just wasn't a ton of respect that was being shown to any wide receiver that wasn't Rashad Bateman, and understandably yep. so, right? Um, I think the Ravens needed to establish someone else as being a threat to at least put it on film to make defenses think about something the rest of the season. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I he was a player that was it was really interesting to watch coming out of Texas and you know you saw him make some kind of circus catches and he had a little bit of an unusual build almost more like a a running back coming out but there was something about him that really kind of endeared me to him you know him to me I should say rather in uh, at Texas and yet it's taken a little time for him to kind of develop and you know he's had to kind of be patient and wait and a little bit more of an old school development at that position. We've seen so many first year studs come out in recent years. We forget that, hey, you know, ten years ago the idea of a receiver sitting his first not sitting, but but right. maybe toiling a bit his first couple of years, uh, until that role opens up, until they develop, until they learn the, their craft. That that was pretty common. Uh and it could still happen that way. And I think it speaks to, to patience and, and scouting and development, how they go hand in hand, and, and he's the byproduct of it. So if he's as good as he looked in week one as that, that great third wheel, right? I mean, I, I don't, you know, I think that's an important role too in the, in the passing game. Having two options is great. Having three yeah. makes you really tough. To and that's, right. that's really what he's going to provide. His hands, his sort of springiness, I think is going to really, going to shine out this year. That's why I grabbed him in fantasy. I thought, Jesus, he'd be an undersold or what? I mean, if you, you know? if you played him week one, you are the genius of geniuses, Eric. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's probably right. 
Um, that smart, yeah. The other story to me was on the other side of the ball, which was just a matter of weekend. Michael Pierce dominated up front. I mean, yeah. they were monsters up front, and. I don't know if this is just more of the story of what we're going to get from Mike McDonald with some more base for three. And and we talked so much this offseason, Eric, about how limited the Ravens were with Tyus Bowser not back yet and David Ajabo not you know going to be on the field for a while. Man, I, I thought this was a huge story in saying, hey, we think we can generate some pressure up front. And if they can, it goes a long way. Just allowing Justin Houston to only get after quarterbacks and not have to sure. do all the other things that a linebacker has to do. And I, boy, this, this to me, I, again, not knowing if it's more about the Jets' offensive line and all those things, but it jumped out as potentially a big story based on how this roster was constructed. It could be, you know, I mean, obviously, again, we, we think about sort of the old school philosophy of building from the interior out. I still think there's a, there's a case to be made for that being an important element, right? And that's why you saw a team like, well, obviously, a lot of people thought Baltimore might be in, in play for Jordan Davis. The Eagles end up mm-hmm. trading up to get him. And it was a highly controversial move. And I only bring this up because, you know, in this day and age, we think the defensive tackle position, unless you're Aaron Donald, unless you're creating a constant source of pressure from the inside, isn't one of those positions that you should necessarily overspend on. Back to our conversation with the run game maybe we're overlooking it a little bit and having those two guys in the middle is, is really crucial. And Travis Jones, you know, coming into the third round this year, I mean, that, you know, that, that'll pay off in time, I believe, because he's a good football player. So yeah, I, I think number one, anytime a, a quarterback feels that center kind of right in his face and there's, there's limited movement ability, that's important. Anytime a team feels like you can't run up the middle, you know, A and B gaps uh, on a team, really limits what they can do, and it changes how a defense can attack and, and really set hard edges and things like that. So, yeah, I mean, again, there's just sort of a hidden value in having those guys. And Matt Abuike was another player I like coming out. I thought, you know, this is somebody who, you know, has the kind of length and strength to make a difference inside and a little bit of versatility and where he can line up technique-wise. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a nice little element to have on a defense. And like, like you said, it kind of opens up things for – you know, others, other guys too, Broderick Washington. I mean, another guy who I think, you know, can be a contributor too. So it's pretty, it's pretty fun. I, I, it's nice when you have that uh, solidified inside a, a, of a position. I, boy. I mean, it was, it was a joy to watch on Sunday. I can tell you that much. Yeah. It was a joy to watch. Uh, Eric, I will wrap with this. Um, biggest difference right now between where the Ravens are and where, you know, like the Bills and the Chiefs just look like, and I get it, I don't want to overreact to week one. I don't want to overreact sure. to week one. But we knew they right. were good coming into the year, right? Like, we're not surprised by the fact that the Bills and the Chiefs look like such monsters in week one. The biggest difference between where the Ravens are and where those teams that I think we all accept at being the top of the AFC are is what to you? Right, and maybe after Thursday we add the Chargers to that list. Yeah, but maybe, right. I right. Get what what impressed me most about the Bills opening night was what their defense was able to do, right? We knew about the explosive offense. They seemed to have a little bit better rotation at running back, even with the rookie fumbling. You know, that, that part will sort itself out. I'm not too worried about that. But defensively, young secondary, you know, some question marks in terms of is that going to be a, a unit that holds up all year, 13 seconds. They did their job week one really, really well. You know, Chiefs defensively, first three quarters were lights out. They build a 30-point lead, go into pre-vet mode, 
and it really helps them. Uh, some of the young guys, they added a little bit more hunger, a little bit more aggressiveness. So really, if you think about it in those terms, you know, the makeup of the Ravens isn't that much vastly different. We can, we could argue that on his best day, Lamar is just as dangerous as, you know, Josh Allen or, or Patrick Mahomes, right? I mean, I, I don't think that's a crazy stretch to say. Obviously, with his ability to throw the football, seemingly improving here. I mean, that's, you know, not that it was ever an issue before, but it was just a consistency thing where you'd see some plays, some games, some series, just wasn't quite the, as, as lethal. Boy, if that all comes together, I don't think that that formula is vastly different from some of the heavyweights of the AFC. So gives you a chance. It really does. And, and we know how much emphasis they put on defense and special teams, and especially this year with, with the you know, change of coordinator. Uh, hopefully, but I, I think so much of it really does. They have to get Ronnie Stanley back. They have to. They Absolutely. They have to do Absolutely. it. Uh, uh, Eric Edholm, man, great to catch up with you. At Eric underscore Edholm, correct, is how you uh, people can follow you on Twitter. Yeah. And uh, NFL.com yep. all season long. Man, uh, so happy for you. Look forward to doing this again soon. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning, man. Appreciate it, Glenn. Yeah, thank you very much. See you, see, see you soon. Eric Edholm, uh, really love that guy. Always have. He's um, very good at what he does. And uh, look forward to chatting with him more as the season goes on now that he's in this new role at NFL.com. See Olympic athletes in action as the nation's best horses and riders compete in one of the world's premier equestrian events at the Mars Maryland Five Star at Fair Hill, presented by Brown Advisory, October 13th through 16th in Cecil County. Um, fair warning, and of course today we end up far behind. Um, just, just so you know, we thought that the commercial breaks were getting a little bit long, and particularly for a show like this, that's a burden I don't want to put on you, so we're breaking them up a little bit, and we're going to do four breaks during the course of the show <laughs> again did not plan that well for day one <laughs> um i just always like to tell you guys these things you guys go out of your way in order to find this show um they're gonna be shorter breaks we do really ask that you support those that support us this is not like other you know true traditional radio scenarios we need you um we need the people that um that fund us to believe that their advertising works. And so we need you uh, to lift up those places and support them and thank them and be aware of them in order for us to be able to keep doing this. Uh, Or it goes away, unfortunately. That's the way that it goes. So just a fair warning about today and uh, for the the near future, um, which is a good problem for us. It means that people are on board and believe in what we do and we like all of those things. Um, but uh, we just want to make it a little bit less of a burden. So we're making the breaks a little bit shorter, and uh, we'll be splitting them up and, and doing a few more breaks during the course of the show. And, of course, as I said that, it turns out we might take a break right now. You think that's a good idea? All right, Griffin, uh, Griffin's the man in charge, so we will do that. Brian Baldinger is scheduled to join us. We are going to talk to him about uh, this Sunday's game between the Ravens and Dolphins, which he will be on the call for Compass Media Networks. That's on the way. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Experience the best in Kamado Grilling, a complete outdoor cooking appliance. The Ginsu Kamado Grill allows anyone from novices to grill masters to sear, grill, bake, and smoke all types of food. Designed for efficiency and function, the Ginsu Kamado Grill upholds the enduring legacy of the iconic Ginsu brand. Constructed out of thick ceramic, the Ginsu Kamado Grill is perfect to cook all year round, is great for parties, and ideal for tailgating with your friends. Reserve your Ginsu Kamado Grill today at Ginsu. 
GinsuGrills.com. That's GinsuGrills.com. Come experience Maryland's number one sportsbook this NFL season at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, the ultimate place for any sports enthusiast. Take advantage of our 24-7 kiosks, massive video screens, and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. With more money paid out than anyone around, make every moment more at the new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. That first sip, that first bite, mm. start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Come in for Glory Burgers, Glory Wings. There's glory for everyone at Glory Days Grill. Enjoy their award-winning burgers, ribs, and wings, or try the fresh salads, hand-cut salmon, or the scrumptious sandwiches. Yum! Come in for the daily specials every weekday, like $7.99 burgers on Mondays and $6.99 nachos on Thursdays. Dine in and let us serve you, or order online at glorydaysgrill.com and take it home. That's glorydaysgrill.com for a location near you. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sport. The Maryland Lottery presents Ravens' Greatest Plays. It was called the Mile High Miracle, a 70-yard touchdown pass against Denver with 30 seconds left to send the game into overtime. The Ravens eventually won, propelling them to the championship. Another great Ravens play belongs to Diane from Annapolis. Diane played Raven scratch-offs and won season tickets for 20 years. You could be next. Play Raven scratch-offs with instant prizes up to $100,000. And please play responsibly. Have you been to Guilford Hall Brewery? Located in Baltimore's Station North neighborhood, Guilford Hall Brewery breaks the craft brew mold with their great handcrafted microbrews and amazing Bavarian-style food selections. Join Guilford Hall seven days a week for Orioles, Ravens, and all of your favorite college games. Make plans now to watch the big games, play trivia, or bring your dog for yappy hour. They even have free valet service on Friday and Saturday nights. Go to guilfordhall.com for a complete schedule of events, beer listings, and food and drink specials. We'll see you at Guilford Hall Brewery. Oh, that's that. We're back. Right, I forgot that uh, we, we need a fourth. That's on me. We need a fourth rejoiner made because uh, we were only doing three commercial breaks in the past, so Paul only made three uh, rejoiners, so we need a fourth one. I'll, uh, I'll work on that. I'll get that. But in the meantime, it's going to be dry coming back from break. All right, it is Glenn Clark Radio, Wednesday edition of the show. We will try to track down Brian Baldinger at some point and uh, chat with him. Don't know what's going on with Baldy, but we love him, and uh, we will figure out a way to make that work. Did you – are are we going to do the, the I guess what player – are you going to put that together at some point during the course of the morning? Yeah, sure, we can do that. All right, I will. so we'll we'll do that. Uh, how many how many you want me to have ready? I don't know, ten something okay. like that. I mean, like right. I, it, it's difficult because I still want you to be involved in the show. Yeah. I don't want you to check out entirely and me just be sitting over there. Hey, 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 Griffin, Gr- Griffin, you still there? Let me go over the three scenarios for Would You Rather Wednesday, which is brought to you by Glory Days Grill. They're up right now at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Glenn Clark Radio. Three scenarios for Would You Rather Wednesday. We will uh, talk to the, about them more when Drew checks in here in a bit. Would you rather, number one, Dak Prescott's injury, actually a little bit worse than uh, they had hoped, and the Cowboys are ready. They're going to give up a third-round pick for Tyler Huntley. Or 
just can't do it. Can't give up on a backup quarterback you trust when you're trying to go about winning a Super Bowl. Can't do it. Number two. Um, the pictures, you, you can find the picture at uh, Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. Did you see what uh, Kentucky did after they beat Florida? I did not. Awesome. It's so. wonderful. Uh, of course, Kentucky beat Florida on Saturday. And afterwards, they had uh, a post-game meal. and Or maybe it was the next day, I don't know. Now I'm looking at it. And Will Levis shared on his social that the post-game meal was roasted gator. So... Would you rather? Congratulations, you've won a big football game. Yay! Your post-game meal is either that roasted gator or, go back a couple years, the the low-end fast food smorgasbord that Clemson got to enjoy at the White House after winning the national championship. I don't think I need to share any pictures of that. I think we all remember the heat lamps and the... I mean, it was it was not Chick Fil A. It was the lower end fast food items, but a great many of them, <laughs> a great many of those fast food items. And number three, would you rather? Uh, I don't know if you guys saw it this week, but Steph Curry apparently is on the cover of the new Rolling Stone, which is I I don't know what Rolling Stone is anymore. Like I I just don't. I know once upon a time it was a rock and roll magazine. Um, whatever it is now. Steph Curry was on the cover of Rolling Stone, or is on the cover of Rolling Stone. And in the cover story, Steph Curry tells Rolling Stone that the Warriors did indeed try to trade for Kevin Durant this offseason. Which is, you know, it's something that we had all believed would be possible. We believed it was the type of thing that could happen. So would you rather your Steph Curry... Good news, your step. Wait a second. Did I just hear Baldy's voicemail message? And it's him saying, "Yeah, it's a fantastic voicemail message." That's almost as good as having him on the yeah. show. Should I just play honest. the uh, the voicemail message? Like, I kind of. Oh man, I don't want to. I don't want to call. I don't want to make it seem like we're obsessive. I don't want to call him again. Does he really sing? Are you ready for some football? Yes, he does. Yes, he does. I'm not even mad at him now. Oh, <laughs> I'm not even mad. That he hasn't posted yet for the show. That's fantastic. <laughs> Brian Baldinger sings, Are you ready for some football? in his voicemail message. Chef's kiss. Anyway, you're Steph Curry. Would you rather the Warriors indeed trade for Kevin Durant, presumably improving your opportunity at winning more titles, or no, because you'd rather continue to prove you don't need Kevin Durant to win more titles, therefore kind of furthering your own legacy a little bit. Those are the three scenarios for Would You Rather Wednesday. At Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter is uh, where you can get in or Facebook.com slash Glenn Clark Radio. Kind of a slow start for Would You Rather Wednesday. I don't know what's going on today, but I don't care for it. Bit of a slow start. Need you guys to pick up the act, and we will uh, just go over them ourselves when Drew joins us here in a bit. This is from uh, Derek. Derek says, um, Glenn, in your breakdown of what it is that the Ravens did on Sunday, I tend to agree with you that the biggest stories were Devin Duvernay and the defensive line. I guess the question that I have 
is in relation to what you said we all believe that this team was going to be about. We thought that this was going to be a team that was going to look to replicate the 2019 Ravens. Based on what you saw on Sunday, and I get it, they didn't have their running backs and they didn't have Ronnie Stanley. But are you willing to rip that up idea? Are you willing to rip up that idea, I think is what you meant to say. And should we at this point believe that the Ravens are not actually trying to replicate that type of offense, but instead are trying to do something else where the run game might still be important, but it's clearly more based around Lamar's abilities as a passer? If that's true, do you feel any differently about the fact they didn't get rid of Greg Roman? That's a really interesting question, Derek. That's why I saved it, by the way. I... I should have rewritten it for him so he didn't have the flub on the line. But it's a really interesting question. Because if you guys do listen to this show, and if you do pay attention, if you listen to Reed and Glenn on 105.7 The Fan, you know that whenever we've talked about Greg Roman, one of the things that I've most discussed is he's here because of what the Ravens want to do offensively. And if they wanted to do something else, they would presumably move on from Greg Roman because that's not what he does. So, it's an interesting question. It's, it's kind of chicken in the egg. Were the Ravens unable to establish the run on Sunday simply because they didn't have their guys? And if they get their guys back, they're going to go right back to being that team? Or is that not really what they think they are any longer? Do they say, hey, we're not the team that's going to run the ball a billion times? And that doesn't mean they're not going to run the ball. Every team runs the ball. But are we going to be a team that is is more predicated? It's a shame we're not, for some reason, we're, we're not finding Baldy this morning because it, it kind of walks hand in hand with what he was talking about on his breakdown of Lamar in the pocket. Lamar almost obsessively stayed in the pocket. Well, if you're trying to replicate 2019... That sure as hell isn't what Lamar Jackson would be doing. If you were trying to replicate 2019, then when a running lane was there, you'd have Lamar take that running lane and go get the yards. Now, there was a running lane on the first touchdown pass, the one with almost no separation to Devin Duvernay. There was a running lane there for Lamar to take. He didn't, and he turned out he made a just a brilliant throw. So, yeah, I definitely have said that my belief is that they would try to replicate something more like 2019, and that's why they ran it back with Greg Roman, and that's why they didn't obsess over wide receiver this offseason, and that's why tight end was more of a priority in, did I sound like I was Southern there, tight end, Um, during the NFL draft? Yes, I believe that was their way of telling you we're... This is who we are. We're not getting away from it. And what do I make of it after one game? It's a fair question, Derek. I I wanted to be dismissive of it. I just want to say, dude, it's week one. Settle down. But I get the question that you're asking. The first taste that we have of the Baltimore Ravens this season, they were not obsessed about running the ball, neither in establishing the run game with their backs or specifically with their quarterback. So if that was going to be the case, if they wanted to move towards more of Lamar in the pocket and him staying in the pocket 
and throwing the ball, should they have moved on from Greg Roman? Maybe. Maybe. Now, again, you got to give him time. You got to. I know we don't like doing this because once we decide we don't like somebody, they don't get. If if they're trying to evolve a Greg Roman offense, then we got to allow that to play out this year and then judge it then. As I said, for one week, I actually thought that, you know, he called a pretty good game. But. You know where we where did that go from here? Yeah, I mean, it's possible we get to the end of the year, and I say I'm, I'm not sure in hindsight that, that was the right call. I don't know. It's a, it's a it is a reasonable fair question that we have only one game worth of evidence in order to look at. What this could end up looking like in the couple of weeks, and it also could be that once they decided that J.K. Dobbins wasn't playing in this game, and that they knew they weren't going to have Ronnie Stanley. They worked up a different, specific game plan for this game and the opponent they were facing that they would say, hey, that might not be the same game plan in future weeks. That might not be what we go back to in week one, or sorry, (laughs) week one's past us, in week two or in week four or wherever it would be. I, I don't, I know it's the only evidence we have, so it is in our inclination to overreact to that evidence. And it's far different than when you guys overreact to something in the preseason. I'm not trying to be dismissive of Isaiah Likely. I still like Isaiah Likely. I still think Isaiah Likely is an NFL player, but it's a reminder of why we don't obsess over what these guys do when they're going up against XFL players in the preseason. It was the same crap that we pulled with Tyson Williams a year ago. We're like, this guy looks great. He could solve the Ravens' running back problems. He's not an NFL running back. I think Isaiah Likely is an NFL tight end. I want to make that abundantly clear. And I'm not going to overreact to one game. But it is more relevant than anything he did in the preseason. I get it. It's an actual NFL game. We've got some amount of evidence. But what exactly that evidence is and how we use it and what we learn from it, I'm not sure that I have those answers. I'm not sure that I know exactly what that means for this team long term. But it's interesting. It's a, it's, it's a noteworthy observation, Derek. I'm not willing to um, be utterly and completely dismissive of the fact that Lamar was staying in the pocket and they weren't they were not forcing the issue as far as trying to run the ball whatsoever. Um, two other things that jumped out at me. One, I know everybody associates me with the Suns because I'm a Suns fan, so I had a bunch of people ask me about the Robert Sarver thing. Um, it's gross. I mean, it's beyond gross. I guess there's a twofold thing here. One, if I was, if I did radio in Phoenix, I would be up in arms because I would have that responsibility. I would be losing my mind that Robert Sarver continues to get to be the owner of the basketball team. I would, I would be screaming from the mountaintops. But I don't do radio in Phoenix. Nobody around here really cares. I don't think. I don't think anybody in this market cares whether Robert Sarver gets to continue to be the owner of the Phoenix Suns or not. So I'm not going to waste any time losing my mind about that in a market where nobody cares. As a fan, out. Now, somebody would say that's easier to do because nobody's really ever liked Robert Sarver all that much. He's not been a popular owner. I get it. He has been the owner as the Suns have come back into relevance in recent years, but it was a disaster before that. There's always been some things that were being said about Robert Sarver, maybe not to this depth, maybe that 
you know, screaming the N-word around is just, it's unfathomable. I mean, what in the hell are you doing? And I, I get that his argument is that in context, he would say, well, I didn't do it in a derogatory way. Well, there is no way to use that word. You don't get to say, well, I'm just quoting someone, I'm just repeating someone, or what? No, none of that. It's not okay. Ever, 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 ever. And any adult with a brain should know that. There's no excuse to be an adult. There's really no excuse for a child, but there's no. Ex- there's definitely no excuse for an adult to think that that's okay. And obviously there's a litany of other things that are in there. Um, you know, it's a heavy penalty to say you can't be around the team for a year and you're getting fined $10 million. I get it. Robert Sarver is extraordinarily wealthy, and so $10 million is not the end of the world to him, but to pretend like it's not a lot of money would be unfair. It is a lot of money. There's no way of, of passing that off. $10 million is a lot of money. Do I think that Robert Sarver should be forced to uh, sell the team? Yes, 100%. I think he should be forced to sell the team. I, I get that that's complicated. Somebody's got to be ready to buy the team and all those things, and I don't know where the NBA is with all of that. I don't know why they're going to choose. I know that the immediate comparison that's being made within the NBA is the comparison to Donald Sterling and the LA Clippers. I don't know what the circumstances are. I mean, I think Donald Sterling's pure evil might have been a bit more overwhelming. He was also later on in his life, so there was going to have to be a change at some point. Maybe all of that made it easier. And maybe they knew that Steve Ballmer specifically was interested in the Clippers, and that made all of that more palatable. I don't know. I would presume there's another wealthy individual who will be ready to step in and, and want to own an NBA team and print money. That would be my gut. It wouldn't be very hard to find it. The Suns, I think, also are not quite as nationally media relevant as the Clippers. And I know that sounds kind of funny because the Clippers were a punchline for a long time, but they're still in Los Angeles. They're still in the second biggest market in the country. Now, actually, Phoenix become one of the bigger markets, but they're still kind of tucked away, and things that happen in Phoenix never really seem to be all that prominent throughout the, the country. So I think the NBA maybe in part believes that this story will go away. That as ugly as it was, as many embarrassing things as Robert Sarver did, the story ultimately goes away. But should he be forced to, sign, to sell the team? Yeah. I mean, I, I think so. Um, Brett Favre, that whole thing, should Brett Favre be in jail? Maybe. I mean, he's not the government employee, so I think the government employee, the, the, the former governor is the one that probably faces, he went along with the scheme, but I don't know that he abused his power because I, despite the fact that we know that Brett Favre is a powerful figure, I, I don't know that he has... I, I'm not sure that, that what he did, I don't know enough. This Man, I'm going to have to claim stupidity here. It's evil. There's no question that it's evil. There's no question that Brett Favre is a scumbag. Uh, we, we can't, there can be no ambiguity there. Brett Favre is a scumbag. Period. End of sentence. And this damn well better bring to the end the hero worship of Brett Favre. We've known enough in the past. There's, we got the text messages now. There's no ambiguity here. Brett Favre knew exactly what he was doing. He knew why he didn't want the media to find out about it. He knew all of those things. He was going along with a scheme to defraud the government 
and to use welfare money in one of the poorest states in the country to build a volleyball facility for his daughter's volleyball team. Now, somebody would say, hey, state universities spend monies in ways that we don't like all the time. This one was a bit more direct in where they were diverting the funds from in order to go there. There's no way around it. And there has been enough of Brett Favre fraud scheme that we don't have to sit back and question whether or not Brett Favre is a scumbag. Brett Favre is a scumbag. Of course, we also knew that maybe from the Jen Sturger incident once upon a time, but for whatever reason, that wasn't enough. And I, you know what? Jen Sturger wrote something really um, great on a really incredible thread, really powerful. Monica Lewinsky had a really powerful thread this week uh, about Ken Starr. Jen Sturger wrote something really powerful as well on Twitter. I'd encourage you to go look at it. Jen Sturger. No fees or minimums. I don't know what that is, but it's not interesting for us, so we'll move on from that. Um, we should have, and I failed too. I remember having Brett Favre on my radio show after that and sort of still playing along because I just remember us as a country, we were willing to give him, a, I don't know if it was a second chance or what it was. We should have known better, and I signed myself up on that list. I should have known better. I think it was also the infancy of the internet. It was kind of a wild, wild west thing, and, you know... We all failed. Every single one of us, myself included, failed. We have, there has been an ungodly amount of evidence about Brett Favre's scumbaggery. And it just continues to pile up. And this has got to be the end. This has got to be... I, I don't know if anything that he did, he can be charged with a crime. Because again, I don't know... I mean, he participated in a scheme to defraud. I mean, there's no question about that. So perhaps... I shouldn't say I don't know. There's, there's got to be a world in which that is illegal. But Jesus Christ, man. I mean, the height of scumbaggery. And there can be not a, a drop of hero worship for Brett Favre ever again. You don't just get to say, yeah, but he was a he was a hell of a quarterback. F that. He's trash. He's garbage as a human being. End of story. All right, hour number one in the books. Who knows if we'll end up catching up with Brian Baldinger. It'd be neat, but if it doesn't happen, such is life. Been a weird week. Weird week. Got to get all that worked out. Uh, today's show also brought to you, or just a reminder that Stan the Fan has had a busy week. He caught up with Jim Duquette on Monday. Jim Duquette didn't bail on him. He caught up with him. Had a great conversation. Also had a good conversation with Terry Hasseltine yesterday, uh, sort of uh, doing a... Uh, an exit interview related to the uh, inaugural Maryland Cycling, Cycling Classic. So you can find those shows right now. Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. Click on the videos tab. YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline or PressBoxOnline.com slash video. When we come back in, this is the guy that will actually post. Why couldn't it be him? Why couldn't it one week work the other way? The guys that we want show up and the guys... Uh, this guy doesn't post. Drew Forrester, DrewsMorningDish.com will join us next. Glenn Clark Radio. Have you been to Guilford Hall Brewery? Located in Baltimore's Station North neighborhood, Guilford Hall Brewery breaks the craft brew mold with their great handcrafted microbrews and amazing Bavarian-style food selections. Join Guilford Hall seven days a week for Orioles, Ravens, and all of your favorite college games. Make plans now to watch the big games, play trivia, or bring your dog for yappy hour. They even have free valet service on Friday and Saturday nights. Go to guilfordhall.com for a complete schedule of events, beer listings, 
and food and drink specials, we'll see you at Guilford Hall Brewery. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Come experience Maryland's number one sportsbook this NFL season at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, the ultimate place for any sports enthusiast. Take advantage of our 24-7 kiosks, massive video screens, and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. With more money paid out than anyone around, make every moment more at the new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. The 2022 baseball season is in full swing, and the future is brighter than ever for your Baltimore Orioles. I'm Paul Valley, And I'm Zach Goodman. And together we bring you the bat around every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon with everything you need to know about the Orioles and baseball as a whole. From veterans like Cedric Mullins, Austin Hayes, and Ryan Mountcastle, to young stars like Adley Rutschman, Grayson Rodriguez, and D.L. Hall. We've got you covered for every game, every pitch, and every debut. You can watch us at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline and Facebook.com slash PressBox sports or you can listen at pressboxonline.com slash radio so join us live on the bat around every saturday from 10 a.m to noon right here at press box sports come in for glory burgers glory wings there's glory for everyone at glory days grill enjoy their award-winning burgers ribs and wings or try the fresh salads hand-cut salmon or the scrumptious sandwiches yum come in for the daily specials every weekday like 7.99 burgers on mondays and 6.99 nachos on thursdays dine in and let us serve you or order online at glorydaysgrill.com and take it home that's glorydaysgrill.com for a location near you glory days grill great food good sport it's statistically proven that the show sounds better if you're not wearing pants. Like me, right now. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. All right, back in here on GCR. Today's show is also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Who my. Uh, continue to get me responses at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. Apparently, I left out Tyler Huntley's name on the tweet and the Facebook post. I apologize. I have fixed that. I think that most people should be able to figure that out, and I feel like you did. Um, but a couple people were struggling with it. Yes, the the scenario number one, it's Tyler Huntley, the name that I left out there. Joining us now, for better or for worse, from DrewsMorningDish.com, he is Drew Forrester. What's going on, pal? How are you? I wouldn't be disrespecting Huntley all that much. If Lamar, three more games, Huntley might be the starter. Why? Well, Lamar stinks it up. We gotta get. We gotta win some football games, man. What? What, what is that? Like what? <laughs> you do a lot of bits. 
right? <laughs> Some of them, I'm, I don't even know what this bit is. Like, I don't know what this character is. Dude, that guy, that guy, that guy went 3-0 in the preseason. He lit everybody That's up. That's a great point. They did go 3-0 and in the preseason. <laughs> That's a great point. Uh, um, I, I'm, I am constantly amazed. I, I wrote this on Monday morning. The headline was, you guys are going to drive yourself nuts. I am amazed at how many people take umbrage with stuff that is written or said about Lamar and spend their entire Sunday fighting with people who don't even know who they are. Fighting with people on the internet about what people write about Lamar. You know in advance what they're going to write. None I, of it's a surprise. I understood in um in the None of it's a surprise. Right. And I understood in the in the off season we were bored, right? Like I always say this, we're bored. We don't ha- we don't have a game to talk about. Um right. there's nothing else going on. There's they're not signing anybody. The draft's passed. There's we sit around waiting for football because the world revolves around football and there's no football to talk about. So you, you know, you remember my theory once upon a time that Orioles fans it was the winning replacement theory that they had. Right. Um, sure, sure, sure. Like, hey, we can't win on the field, so let's try to win in the fights that we have with with other people. Um, right. This is this is just my I'm bored theory. Like, I really do in the off season. I just genuinely believe people are bored waiting for football because it's what this country revolves around at this point. So I kind of get it. I I. I, I still think some of it's embarrassing, but I kind of get it. Now the season started. <laughs> like, what are we doing here? There are games. I to said talk the about. other day. I I said his. I I just was you know writing stuff like you know watching the games and I said um, after an uneven first half, I thought he was exceptional in the second half. You would have thought. I I, I mean. I got people screaming at me. I'm like, all I said was he had an uneven first half. I didn't say he was a bad guy. Yeah, well, I just, I just said he had an uneven first half. There there is uneven means you know it's it's really funny, dude. I don't I don't know. Not so good. I I it is really weird because I also struggle with how much I want to criticize Lamar only because so much of it gets lumped into all of the other. So much of, of what we see nationally is nonsense. It's people that don't watch. They have no clue what they're talking about. They've just decided to say something like he runs too much, which, by the way, I am well, convinced. Well, well, but wait, you know why they're doing it. And this is, we, we get back to this all the time. We, these people that write stuff about him, they've been saying that for two years. Well, they can't and escape any, from it, right? And, and any movement off of their narrative will result in people saying, gotcha. Told you you were wrong two years ago. Right. I, well, I, so you've got to stay with it. I don't, you, you, but, but I don't you're know bound what, to it. I don't know what Steve Young said about Lamar Jackson two years ago, right? Like, I don't know what he said about the Ravens offense. All I know is that in some instances, there's just, this goes back to being bored. There's just nothing to talk about in August. And so all these shows are still on, and they just keep saying things, and they just say things for the sake of saying them. They don't know what they're talking about. They just say it because you've got to fill three hours during the course of the day on multiple networks, and somebody's got to say something in those circumstances. They're not going to talk about the whatever the golf tournament is that's going on in August, or they're not going to talk about the the ATP stop in Cincinnati. They're just going to keep talking about the same things. 
Um, but I can dismiss that. I can come on and I can say, hey, Steve Young, Steve Young couldn't tell you what happened in a Ravens playoff game two years ago. He has no clue how it is they fell right. short of, of winning a championship. I can be dismissive of those things. This, this, in, this weekend to me was actually fascinating. Not that people mad at you. I mean, I, I, if they were mad at you, I agree with them. I just want to make that abundantly clear. Right. You, yeah, were, sure, you were probably wrong. But this right. weekend was fascinating to me, and I kind of wrote about it. Whatever your opinion is about the circumstances, I keep coming back to we are watching something really significant unfold in, our front, in front of our eyes, which is a quarterback trying to fight to change the way that contracts work in football, a team trying to fight like hell to not participate that with that, but who clearly does not want to move on from their quarterback. They want to give him more money than even Russell Wilson or Kyler Murray got to play quarterback. This is really interesting. And when we dumb it down and just say things like, well, they got to pay Lamar or you know whatever it is that we want to say, we miss the point of we're watching kind of a seminal moment in the history of football play out right in front of our eyes. Yeah, I mean, he, this uh, the contract thing is probably the the wackiest uh, of all of the discourse about Lamar and all of the give and take. Like you, you can watch him play and render an opinion that I, I don't even want to say is might not be popular, but that might be off the you know off the rails a little which is sort of what Steve Young said. They, they need to make the offense more sophisticated. I mean, what does that oh, even mean? Okay, like, right. Right. But, but the contract thing is, is really come. It, it's a reporting. You, you've shifted from opinion to reporting. And I would contend, I don't think anyone has reported it correctly. I think people have heard things, taken bits and pieces of what they've heard, pieced it together, got a source who heard from a friend that the NFLPA, like, I don't know that anyone has it right. Um, I don't disagree with that. I don't know that anybody has it completely right. You know what I mean? I, I think a lot of people have it awfully close. Um, you know, to, yes, I agree that I don't think everybody has it completely right. I would say that, that you know, that's what happens when... I mean, I think we all know that, we all know the... I think we all know the, whatever you want to call it, the bullet points of this thing, right? It, it all stems from the guaranteed money, mm -hmm. stems from previous contracts that have been, that, that have been signed that have artificially, well, not artificially, but have, have increased the value of quarterbacks in the off season when the quarterbacks haven't done anything yet, yet to increase their value. Right. They, they're, they're, this guy signed a contract in Cleveland. He never even played a game in Cleveland. Right. Like, so so many strange things are happening. And I think we all know the, the, the main point is Lamar wants either all of it or some extraordinarily substantial part of it guaranteed. To your point, I have, again, and I don't know everything, but I have heard that maybe if the guarantees were over $200 million but weren't fully guaranteed, that would be enough. That he, okay. he, does want, so, he does want fully guaranteed, but maybe if the guarantees were at least over $200 million, that might be enough to bridge the gap. 
um, the Ravens haven't gone and there. And I would say it, it, this would be my – here's my junior varsity narrative of how I think this happened. I would say that at some point yeah, – I, I don't even know when this is, June, July, whenever. But at some point, Eric said and – and I am totally making this number up, but I mean I think they're all in the ballpark – Eric called Lamar and said, look, we, let's put this thing to bed. What, how, how, is, how, is, how does 240 and 150 guaranteed sound? And Lamar said, it sounds 50 million too short both ways. When you get to 290, 200, call me. And, 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 we'll, and we'll move forward. And Eric said, well, we're not, we're not doing that. When I, that's not the number. This is the number. This is what we feel is fair. This is what's in line with, you know, whatever, however they calculate it. And Lamar said, well, okay, but you heard me when, and I'm not mad at you. And Eric says, I'm not mad at you either. And there, and, and Lamar said, and if we don't get this done by Labor Day or, you know, September 11, we'll just table it. And, and Eric might've, might've called him back third of September and said, where are we? And Lamar said, we're in the same place we were when I talked to you before. Right. If it's 200 million, I'll come in tomorrow and sign it. And if it isn't, I'll, I'll see you in February. Like I, 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 I keep saying this over and over. I really think, and this is very rare. I really think there's a strong possibility. Both of these guys are right. I really do. I, I, I think the personally, I think the Ravens would be insane to guarantee this guy's deal fully. And I also think Lamar looks at it and says, "If I don't do anything, and you franchise me two two years right. and and right. this year, I'm going to make 110 million dollars in three years, and that's fully guaranteed each year." <laughs> right, right. So like, I I see. I this is so weird, right? I I can definitely look at both sides of this and say. You guys are both right. So like, it, what's interesting L- to me, Lamar I, is just taking the Deshaun Watson contract and saying it isn't my, and the Ravens are doing this too. Right. The Ravens are saying it's not our fault. The Browns are dumb. Right. And it's not and Lamar saying, yes, it's yes. not my fault. The Browns are dumb. And, and by the way, and, and by the way I, not only do I see the both sides, I have come around a little bit more on one part of this. I have come around a bit more on, if you if this really comes down to either you've got to give the guy a fully guaranteed contract or not have a quarterback, I'm going to I'm going to end up balking at that. Have your quarterback. I mean if it really does get to that black and white that you get to a point where you say we're just going to have to trade him, we don't have a choice. That's that's a bad decision. That's a piss poor decision to say we want to make a statement so badly that we're going to end up trading our quarterback over it. That I disagree with. Now, I'm all for them dragging their feet on it, right? Like I don't I agree Agree is the wrong way of saying it. I understand why they don't want to do it. And I don't... The NFL doesn't want this. And Steve Bishotti's got to answer to all of those guys. But at the end of the day, saying either I'm going to have a... Either I'm going to make a a stand to the rest of the owners or not have the quarterback that I've done so much to build my franchise around and just hope for the best afterwards, that's where I'm going to end up finding my breaking point. Like, no... Making thinking that you're making a principal stand is not more valuable than having a quarterback at the end of the day. But I do get it. I get why they're dragging their feet and trying to let more quarterback deals get done to turn around and say, dude, the market's not there. Like, you think there's a market for a guaranteed contract, and you're wrong. 
there have been four more quarterback deals since then. They're not there. You're not getting that. Now, maybe Lamar knows there is a team. Maybe he already knows right now that if he goes through this thing, the Dolphins will wait him out, and they'll give him a guaranteed contract. So he's got that in his back pocket, and he can sit on that for forever. But well, he can't do that. That would be tampering. Well, I know, and that never happens, of course, in the <laughs> NFL. We would never, we would never see anything like that. But clearly, the Ravens are trying to make a statement, and they're saying, "Okay, let's wait it out." If if during the course of the year, you know, between now and next spring, a Burrow deal gets done, and there's zero chance that the Bengals are giving Joe Burrow guaranteed money. They they don't even give people real money in Cincinnati. I, I mean, I think they give him IOUs or something like that. If Justin Herbert doesn't get a fully guaranteed, but they've got more evidence to go back with and say, this isn't the market. The market's not there, and so I have no problem with them dragging their feet. There's there is still no deadline. Like, we keep using the term deadline. There's no deadline here. The, Lamar instituted his own personal deadline, but he can change his mind in two weeks if he wants to. There's no penalty for that. Like, if he wakes up two weeks from now and is like, you know what, I don't really want to risk the, the whatever, the 2% chances. Yeah, he, of he, a, he, could call, he could call Eric and say the deal's still on the table. Correct. And there's, that's yeah. my, there is no deadline here. So for the Ravens to and say... By the way, don't, don't discount... Because I think you and I have said this for a while, and I, and I think, I, well, I think we're right. I'm going to say I know we're right, but I think we're right. Like, he's under an enormous amount of pressure from the NFLPA. There is no question about that. He's getting guidance from them. He's getting, um, you know, he, he, guidance is the only word, right? He's right. getting mentored or guide, guidance from, the, from them. Don't discount at all that Steve isn't getting some phone calls either. There's no question. There is no question. He's definitely that there are, getting phone calls. There are 30 other owners, owners that are hell-bent on him right. not doing this that say, dude, we're not turning this into a CBA negotiation right now. We're not allowing for guaranteed contracts to come out. I do think at some point I'm going to write, the argument will be, what makes us all so goofy, of course, is there's a wink, wink, nudge, nudge to all of this. Every quarterback's contract is guaranteed. No quarterback is getting cut. It doesn't. You can't do it because the dead space on the cap would would kill you. So it's a little bit wink, wink, nudge, nudge that Lamar's fighting so much about it, and the Ravens are fighting so much against it. Because at the end of the day, whatever the contract's going to be, he's going to get every penny. And the most likely scenario is they're going to go back to him at some point and say, "Dude, we're in con- uh, a cap trouble. We need to give you more money than that in order to yeah, right. buy us out of the right, cap right, trouble right. that we're yeah. in." Um, you sign for two ninety. You're actually going to get three thirty, but you're going to have to wait a year to get the rest of it. A hundred percent. That's the way this yeah, ends right. up working with the quarterback. So th- there's also this context where it's all kind of hilarious that we're fighting about this because the truth is the quarterback money is going to end up being guaranteed no matter what. So why do we care so much about it? Like, what are we so worried about in terms of guaranteed money when the quarterbacks always get their money? They always, in the history of time, have gotten their money because you cannot afford to cut a quarterback you it would kill you you would have 30 million whatever it would be 40 million of sunk space on your cap you couldn't spend on anything else so even if the quarterback ends up stinking you keep him on the roster because it's better than giving up that money for nothing <laughs> like no doubt. It's, well, in, no doubt. it's insane i it's, don't i don't think that uh, i mean i i i don't think they're gonna get anything done in the season i think that they'll table it i think they want to sign him. I, 
I don't know, man. I yeah, and that's the part—the part that you are—and I—and I know you've talked about it a little bit. And I know Lock and Four, like a maniac, went on a radio show and said something about it the other day. That I'm not telling you. I think I don't think the Ravens are going to trade Lamar Jackson. I don't think they want to trade Lamar Jackson. I think they want to give him a boatload of money to be their quarterback, and we know that. But there is some point where if one side says this is my line in the sand, and the other side says this is my line in the sand. I, I don't know where you go from there. Like, I at, at some point, you might have to have the conversation. And I still, that's where I would step in and say, that's a mistake. Like, I would not allow you believing you're making a stand to be what ultimately allows you to, to move on from a quarterback that is a very high-level player and is working out. Like, it's the identity of your franchise. I would not do that. But I get why at some point the conversation might come up. I, I, I do understand that at some point. Right. And, if- and I also think part of the discussion of all of this, and I, I don't, maybe the question Eric doesn't want to ask, right? I mean, it, it, I, it would be interesting to know, and maybe don't, maybe don't know until next year, but it would be interesting to say to Lamar, dude, shoot straight with us. Do, do you want to play in Miami? Like, just be honest with us. Is that what this is about? Because if it is, uh, okay. I mean, we'd be, you know, we'd be heartbroken. And yeah, I, I, I find it real, fine. The guy got a tattoo of purple wings on his chest, man. <laughs> like, I, I get I, that. But, I, but dude, I, there's, you know, this from, I mean, you and I are both still home. Right. But you, you were once away. Yeah, oh, no, I know. You, I came. I, you, I understand. You came that. Back, right? Right. I like, understand. I mean, that. there's something to be said for that. Um, I don't want to get into a whole, whole sociological discussion about Lamar and his upbringing and his mother and the absence of a father or whatever. I don't want to get into all that. But he's extraordinarily close to his mom. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, when mom says it sure would be cool if you were down here playing and I'd be cooking for you and you could be hanging out with me and uh, I mean, there's. Lord knows, I mean, my mom's been gone for 30 years, but, you know, we'd all love to hear that kind of commentary from our mother, right? Like, no, I get it. I come get home, it. Come home, to, come home to me, right? So, yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, that, I, I just don't I would think like, that's... I guess I, I bring that up to just say, I, I think that you would love to know the real answer to that. Right. I, I think that scenario is more significant in other sports. Like, you're only away for four months here. You know what I mean? Like, you're, it's barely he, – he lives in Florida. That's where he is. That's where home is. I don't – I just don't know that it's all that I, – I think that a lot's made of that. I think it would be more if he happened – again, if he happens to know that the Dolphins have – my, my God, the Dolphins couldn't have tried to do more to move on from Tua Tonga Vailoa in the offseason. They tried to get Tom – they tried to sell the franchise to Tom Brady – and they um they tried to get Deshaun Watson, so that was clear. Maybe in as they were having all those conversations, they came back to him and said, "Dude, just so you know, whenever we get the chance, we're gonna give you that fully guaranteed deal." And maybe, maybe that's the part. I, that to me is more significant than the the tug of home. Is does he know that there is a team and the Dolphins would make sense given how badly we know they were trying to move on from their quarterback this off season? It would make sense for it to be them that said. If we get the opportunity to, we will give you every penny. You can have $250 million fully guaranteed from us the moment you get the chance. And if he knows that's on the table, then it's relevant. It's relevant. There's no doubt. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's been a crazy story for I me. Mean, you and I said this in March. It's, it's the craziest story. Yep. 
that, yep. you know, we've been around for a long time. I mean, because of his, just everything, because yep. of his ability, his unique ability, um, you know, juxtaposed against, for whatever weird reason so far, and we can slice this and dice this however we want, he hasn't had a lot of success in the playoffs. Now, last year, he would have had another chance to prove himself that the thing wouldn't have capsized on him and everybody else. But, like, it's just an incredible it's an incredibly complicated story that got ten times more incredibly complicated when the Browns went and gave a guy a contract who's never done anything in his career. That's a, all of these things. There are so many layers to it, man. There is it. It, it is. It remains to me the most fascinating thing. It's just I un- sounded like Bashadi there because you know that that's uh, what a hundred percent, a hundred percent cursing them. I'm sure no Steve question. has called the guy from the Browns and been right. like. What are you doing? Yeah, th- thanks a lot, a hole. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's do. Would you rather Wednesday? Would you rather Wednesday is brought to you by Glory Days Grill, where today the fall seasonal menu is now available. It includes the chicken schnitzel. They've got a new Bavarian burger with a pretzel bun. I can't wait to try it. You can get to your neighborhood Glory Days Grill, glorydaysgrill.com, in order to get your order in and try everything on the Oktoberfest menu. Number one, Drew, would you rather the uh, Cowboys, let's go, we bring it full circle. The Cowboys uh, actually got worse news. Uh, Dak Prescott's going to be out longer than they thought. And they call and they say, yep, third round pick. We'll give it up for you. Give us Tyler Huntley. Or no, you can't do that when you're trying to win a Super Bowl and you've got a backup quarterback that you trust. Yeah, I'm not giving up Huntley for a third round pick. I'm sorry. If, if, I, said second, if I said second round, would you change your mind? Well, I'm, I, I'm thinking here again, like, but the real question is, I, the value of the pick, I guess, isn't, isn't as important as the answer to this question. Can we, can we really win with him? And, and I say that, you know, it's a rhetorical question. Could, if something happened to Lamar, remember when the Eagles, when Wentz got hurt, he was having a great year, almost yep. was going to be the MVP no, of the was, league. He was phenomenal and he, then, and he, best year by far. And he got, hurt, he got hurt in December. Yep, Nick Foles wins the Super Bowl, yes. Foles, Foles came in and won the Super Bowl. The same exact thing happened to the Raiders either the year after that. Carr, they were great. They were going to get home ice for the whole playoffs. Carr got hurt in December. They lost a couple they shouldn't have lost. And then they went maybe to Houston and got absolutely okay. run out of the gym. Okay. Right? Yeah. So the, so the question is, if, if that happened to us in December, and we were, I'm making the numbers up, I don't we're 10 and three or 10 and whatever. And Lamar's done for the year with a collarbone. Can Huntley take us to the Super Bowl? Can he win two of the last four? And then we're, we still have home ice in the playoffs. And can he win those two? Like to me, you have to make that. And I know that I know there is no answer, right? You have to let the games play out. But if you're the, if you're the Ravens, you have to ask yourself that question and you got to be honest. Like, because if the answer to the question's yes, you don't trade him. I, I I don't I don't think that you can, but I still I do still think the price matters here, right? Like, because I to okay. me to me it's about what happens if he misses two games in the season, and you need those two games in the season, and that's why to me the answer for a second rounder would be yes, a third rounder would be no. I got We gotta we gotta okay. uh, plug these others in. Uh, number two, I don't know if you saw it. Did you see what the Kentucky football team uh, had as a celebratory dinner after beating Florida this weekend? I did not. They roasted an entire alligator. 
which is just it's it's a ten and a half. Like it's outstanding. Okay. So you okay. you just won a big football game. Congratulations. Would you rather your celebratory dinner be an entire roasted alligator or the uh, fast food low rent fast food smorgasbord that Clemson had at the White House a couple years ago? Well, I've never had alligator. Really? No. Wow, I didn't know that. Okay. I think, uh, I think, I think I'll go with fast food. Just, just, if it's, you know it better. Glory days of Chick-fil-A, I mean. The glory days isn't fast food, dog. And it wasn't Chick-fil-A. That was the, it was low, I know, it was I mean, low rent fast food. It was, well, okay, gotcha. it was the stuff the last guy liked. That was the problem. And then number three, um, would you rather? Well, oh, so, you saw what it did for the president's physique. Yeah, I know. It looked, looked great. Uh, his, his doctor said he was in uh, a peak physical shape. Well, he was 239. Yeah, he was exactly one pound off of being morbidly obese. <laughs> Amazing how that works. <laughs> Incredible how he was exactly one pound off. It's nuts. And then number three, uh, I don't know if you saw, but in uh, Rolling Stone, uh, they, uh, Steph Curry says the Warriors did indeed try to trade for Kevin Durant this offseason. So you're Steph Curry. Would you rather trade for Durant and likely improve your chances of winning more titles or not trade for Durant because you'd rather try to go win titles without him, therefore improving your legacy? I don't know, man. I feel like I, I don't follow the NBA enough to probably make an educated answer to this, but I feel like Durant has like lost it. I, mean, I, I don't know. Every time I read something, people are talking about how nuts he is and he's got a burner Twitter account and he's, he's like insane. So I don't know the answer, but I think I would just try to win without him. Um, I need to follow the NBA more, but it seems to me like everyone that follows the NBA says Durant's crazy. Uh, I get it. I get it. I mean, they, they did win two titles. Yeah, I don't know if you remember. Player, they, they they won two titles with him. Like they yeah, did. No, no, no. He's, do a, that. Right. He, he's a great basketball player. There's no doubt. All right. Uh, what's coming up at Drew's Morning Dish? Hey, baby, we're still in the wild card race. We're writing about baseball. Sure. Still sure. alive. Sure they are. Sure they are. They're still alive, do they? Yeah. If they win tonight and they win these three in Toronto, they're right back in it. Yeah. That's so you know what? they're right back in it. Don't give me that garbage about they're not in it or I'll get mad at you. They're okay. in it. All right. All it's right. September the fourteenth and they are still in it. At it's a hooded foreign. And, yeah. And, and they're getting good pitching still. They they're they're not their pitching's not been terrible. I understand. It's the offense that's the problem. That's why it's hard for me to even... All right. This is a conversation for another day. Uh, DrewsMorningDish.com. It, it's a hood, at It's a Hooded 4-Iron on Twitter. Appreciate you, pal. We'll talk to you next Wednesday. Go right? Ravens. Thanks, Drew Forrester. Checking in with us here on a Would You Rather Wednesday edition of GCR. Hey, today's show is also brought to you by Guilford Hall Brewery. The best place. Oh, my God. What an immaculate establishment this is. 1611 Guilford Avenue in Station North. It's incredible. Craft beer selections, remarkable. Bavarian menu, delicious. And they got a huge Oktoberfest party coming up on September 24th. It's free admission, but there's also two VIP ticket options available. The first being an all-you-can-drink ticket for $30. The second being an all-you-can-eat-and-drink ticket for $80. You can get those tickets by going to guildfordhall.com. Again, guildfordhall.com in order to get your tickets for their huge Oktoberfest party, uh, which is coming up on uh, September 24th. Uh, <clears throat> I'm going to need to clear my schedule so I can be a, a part of it that day. Uh, I wasn't planning on taking a break. That wasn't what I was doing there. I thought you said... I was basing it around the time that you told me. That was the, the way that I went about handling my business. Um, continue to get me your responses at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter for Would You Rather Wednesday. Um, somebody is going to win a $25 gift card to Glory Days Grill, which you can uh, use to try out their new 
Oktoberfest menu. Again, glorydaysgrilled.com is the website. Respond at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter or facebook.com slash Glenn Clark Radio to participate in Would You Rather Wednesday. Ravens will get back on the practice field today as they start shifting focus to the Miami Dolphins on Sunday. Of course, probably going to be a bit of a tougher test than what the Ravens had with the Jets in week one. Dolphins won comfortably, although the people that I didn't, of course, I did not watch any of the game in week one between the Dolphins and the Patriots because why would I be doing that? I was obviously watching the Ravens. Those that watched it seemed to actually not be all that. It was weird. Where, like, on paper, you look at it and say, well, they kicked the Patriots' asses. And then you talk to people who watch the game who are like, yeah, they were okay. Like, they were fine. I'm like, oh, all right. I don't know what to make of it. But I think at least we can accept that it will be a more difficult test than the Jets because the Jets weren't a difficult test at all. Um, you will be able to listen to the game on Sunday via Compass Media Network's national radio broadcast. And the man who will be on the call for Sunday's game, one of our all-time favorites, you watch Baldy's breakdowns on Twitter, and you can hear him again on Compass Media on Sunday for Ravens-Dolphins. He is the great Brian Baldinger, and he is back with us now here on GCR. Baldy, it's Glenn. Always good to catch up, sir. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us. Yeah, thank you. Good to be with you. Sorry it was a little little late uh, on the previous uh, hour, but uh, things, things kind of My man. I'm here now, Glenn, so yes, I'm good. Yes, for you, we will, we, will make, we will move mountains okay. for you, my friend. All right. Baldy, of course, I'm I'm a regular viewer of Baldy's breakdowns on Twitter, and I watched the one you did on Lamar staying in the pocket. And I'm I'm going to ask you this question, and I hope you know why it is that I'm asking it this way. I it was it was remarkable. He hung in the pocket. He clearly wanted to allow plays to develop. Wanted to get the ball downfield. One of the things I've noticed going back to last season is there were times where I actually thought maybe the better strategy was for Lamar to take off and run, and they were running lanes. And clearly on the touchdown to Duvernay, there was a lane, but it was a much smarter decision to throw the ball into the end zone. But what do you make of of where he is as far as making those decisions, trying to let plays develop versus he is Lamar Jackson, he has a skill set that no one else has, sometimes the better option might be to take the running lane that's in front of him. I totally agree with you, Glenn. And I saw the same thing. I, you know, when he ran for 1,200 a couple of years ago, and he's the unanimous MVP of the league, I, I would say that most of the good runs in a game were drop-back passes where he saw lanes and the defense expanding into their zones or playing man coverage, whatever they're doing to stop the passing game. And he took off, and he, he, he took what the def- defense gave him. And he was Lamar. But And I, and I still think that is an option, but it – I might be wrong. It's just one game. It's the Jets. Uh, the Jets' defense is pretty good. Um, but it looked like he made a real concerted effort. Maybe, Glenn, like maybe I'm reading too much into this. It is a contract year. Like maybe he wants to show people um, that I can throw the ball just the way everybody else can throw it, um, and I'll show it to you. But I can also do things that nobody else can do, which is true. So I do think there's a fine balance there between just being Lamar and being the best athlete on the field versus, all right, 
I'll stay in there and I'll climb the pocket and I'll make the touchdown throw to Devin Duvernay. Yeah. And, and, and Baldy, it's so funny you bring that up. I've always found it insane the way that people somehow think it's a negative that Lamar Jackson's an incredible run. Oh, I totally agree, like, it's, Ryan. It's not a negative. It's 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 amazing. He can he's a really good thrower of the football who happens to be one of the greatest runners of the football we've ever seen. How is this a why are we so set in our ways about what quarterbacks are supposed to be that we think this is some sort of problem instead of being the most incredible weapon that you could ever ask for in the NFL? Well, because because ultimately those guys haven't won the big prize. You know, they haven't won the Super Bowl. They need one guy, whether it's Lamar or Justin Fields or, I don't know, Carson Wentz or somebody that runs the ball a lot. Uh, they need somebody to break through, you know, and show that you can survive, that you can win this way. Um, it has been early exits for Baltimore in the playoffs mm-hmm. with them. And that, 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 you know, that stays with you as a quarterback until you break through. He is Brian Baldinger. He'll be on the call Sunday for Ravens-Dolphins on Compass Media Networks. He's with us here on GCR. Baldy, the, the run game obviously was off in general for the Ravens in week one, and, I, and I, it's, it can't work. Like You can't get that little from your run game and try to go win a Super Bowl in the AFC as loaded as, as it is. But what do you make of it being still about not having Dobbins and Edwards on the field and not having Ronnie Stanley versus maybe there being – I don't know, some sort of new concerted effort from the Ravens to try to throw the ball more. Well, I mean, I don't know if Kenyon Drake or Mike Davis are the answer right now, but yeah. Patrick McCarry, I mean, he's the backup to the backup to the backup at left tackle. Uh, that's just where they're at right now. And so you would not consider this a really strong offensive line or a strong blocking offensive line. Now their tight ends block can block well. And, uh, you know, they, Ricard is, is really good in his role all that kind of stuff. Um, but, you know, when you have Isaiah Likely, who is going to be a really good player in his business, and you have Mark Andrews, I mean, you've got some opportunities um, to really big athletic tight ends to get the ball. I, I, they, they might be in transition here, away from what we have watched for four years, into something different, because mm-hmm. maybe that they have to. Um, Lamar, I don't expect Lamar to run for 17 yards in many games. I expect it to be a much higher number. But uh, the fact is, is that they're not really powerful up front. We got to let Tyler Lindebaum play, let him, you know, see what he can do in the middle. It, that would help, you know, get him some experience and some snaps under his belt, you know, because that's the future at that position. But it's not a strong group right now. And so some of the things that we watched them do when Stanley and Zeus and the group was there, uh, you might not see that too much. That's interesting. Obviously, they desperately need Stanley back on the field. I, mean, de- I don't want to take anything away. Patrick McCary has done yeoman's work moving from position no to doubt. position. No doubt. I'm not here to yeah. take shots at McCary, but, I mean, this, like he's, you know, he's your utility infielder right now. Yep, yep. And they, they just desperately need Ronnie Stanley to be some semblance of Ronnie Stanley and back mm-hmm. on the field. We'll see how that goes. Um, what would you make of Devin Duvernay, um, Baldy? Because I, I think it would be so critical for this offense to have one other weapon, a third guy on the field that defenses are forced to think about and pay attention to. And, you know, I, I, that to me was one of the bigger things to me that came out of the Ravens week one win. No doubt. I mean, you know, two touchdowns in a season in, in a game, he's never done that. The, the first touchdown uh, against Bryce Hall it was a good route. Had a lot of field to work, and Lamar put some air under it. He made a great catch, a contested catch by Bryce Hall in the corner of the end zone. He came down with it. Um, you know, caught everything thrown to him. It was impressive. It was an impressive day by him. But, uh, you know, to have him and Bateman right now, um, 
it's the best we I don't remember maybe Hollywood Brown maybe early on but we haven't seen many games where the receivers came down with the three touchdown catches you know I mean we we can see that no. from Mark Andrews yeah but you know you saw it from the receivers I mean Rashad Bateman I don't know what the Jets are doing on the back end of their defense I don't think they know what they were doing but he ran right through them and you know Lamar flicked it 62 yards in the air and uh, it was a perfect throw. And, you know, they've, they've needed those type of plays. Uh, there is no Hollywood Brown to take the top off the defense. Um, and, and Bateman did that. And it really put the, the final screw in that coffin on Sunday to do that. So uh, it's always good to get touchdowns from your receivers and to get your receivers involved. And their two starting receivers did that. Yeah, to your point, Baldy, I'm not sure how many times in Ravens history there have been games where all three touchdowns came from receivers. It is it is not something that we have seen a whole lot over the years. I, I know you did a breakdown of the Dolphins' defense. As we get ready for Sunday, what, what jumps out at you? They, they clearly were quite impressive against the Patriots in Week 1. What jumps out at you? What will the Ravens be seeing that maybe will be a little bit different or, or unique compared to what they saw from the Jets in Week 1? Well, they're not going to – I mean, the Jets – they believe in their front four to get home. Um, and so they're a four-man rushing team. They don't blitz a lot. But the Dolphins turned their season around against the Ravens last year on Thursday night. And the Ravens were two for 14 on third downs. They couldn't penetrate. They didn't have an answer against their blitz zero look. They did that a little bit against the Patriots um, on Sunday, but they really weren't in a lot of third down situations. Um but they're going to see that on Sunday. They're going to see the same look they saw last year and variations of it where you're going to see six, seven, eight guys at the line of scrimmage. Maybe you see Javon Holland at free safety. Maybe you don't. Maybe he's at the line of scrimmage, blitzing off the edge, getting free hitters to Lamar to try to affect his throwing as quickly as they can. But they've got playmakers. I mean, Xavier Howard is as good as there is at just lining up and playing man coverage. Javon Holland is as good a free safety. There's Minka. There's some guys in this league that are great free safeties, but Javon is a star player. You know, and they've got some pass rushers. You know, Christian Wilkins, a good guy inside. Jalen Phillips, a young player coming off the edge. They've got playmakers on the defensive side of the football. And so you've got to be careful. I mean, Mac Jones got sacked off a delayed blitz. First touchdown of the season by the Dolphins was, you know, a defensive touchdown by Melvin Ingram. So you've got to be, you got to, you got to know what you're looking at especially on third downs against this defense. What jumped out from the Ravens' defense to me in Week 1, Baldy, was the play of the defensive tackles. Um, I thought Justin Matabuike and Michael Pierce were dominant on. And, I, mm-hmm. I don't, you know, again, how much of that is the Jets' offensive line? You, you're smarter than me. You can tell me a little bit more about it. But I, I'm wondering if it's just something that we learned about what a Mike McDonald defense might be in Baltimore, that we're so used to the Wink Martindale schemes and exotically bringing players and I wonder if this is more going to be that during the course of the year, the Ravens are going to say, hey, we think these guys up front can get us more of a rush. And boy, if they can, considering you know how, how thin they are right now at, at edge rusher and the fact that they've never really been able to replace Terrell Suggs with like a dominant edge rusher, boy, to me, it would go a long way this season what this defense can do if they can continually get that push from up front and disrupt plays in the backfield that way. I would agree. I agree. I mean, look, the Jets paid Lakin Tomlinson a lot of money to play left guard. And, you know, Pierce and Matabike just ruined him on some plays. Um, they blitzed. I mean, Marcus Williams in a delayed safety blitz got home. I mean, it was a great call. Really great design. Jets didn't see it. And Marcus Williams came free right up the middle. Yeah. Affected, you know, Joe Flacco kind of probably wished 
by then that first quarter they was home playing with his five kids. <laughs> right. To be honest with you, I mean he was running for his life. It was ugly. Um, they were dominant. Justin Houston was really good. I don't think he's you know he sizzle off the edge, but he was he was really good in his role. Uh, it would be good, you know, to see uh, Jabo get in there and Travis Jones, and you know, you got to give those guys some time. But um, yeah, I mean, it was a dominant performance by the defensive front, and uh, in a game that was very, very close and tight for about a quarter and a half to maybe even the first half, uh, the defensive line was the difference. And the the Dolphins, you know, did not run the ball real well the way Mike McDaniel would like. They're not a great offensive line. It's an opportunity for the Ravens to do a lot of what they just did on Sunday, and I think they're going to have to affect Tua because the fact is is that when you have Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill, from anywhere on the field at any point of the game, they could be dancing in the end zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw from Jalen Waddle in fourth and seven. I mean, split the safeties and got the ball in the run, and he was doing the Waddle in the end zone. Right. And you don't want to see that happen. I've seen plays that they threw last week to Tyreek, I don't even know if it's a play, to be honest with you. They just threw the ball up wow. off motion, just let him go jump up and get it. So they got two guys that have as much speed and explosiveness as anybody in the league. And if you blink and if you're wrong and if you're not where you're supposed to be, they can go right by you. Not that Marcus Peters necessarily can. I, it, nobody can, can single-handedly take out you know Tyree Kill or something like that, but it would go a long way clearly for the Ravens to have Marcus Peters back for a game like this, given what it is they're up against. Um, if I could go back, I know you brought up Linderbaum. I remember you doing a breakdown a couple weeks ago during the preseason about what you like so much about Linderbaum, and I know it was a tough day for him. And, and again, part of that being he didn't have a full preseason and it's his first NFL game. Can you take me through why it is? Because everything we heard was... This dude might, you know, people are talking about him as being maybe the best center to come out in a decade, something along those lines. What have you seen in Tyler Linderbaum? What do you think he can be for this franchise moving forward? Well, he's, he's kind of undersized, and you see that from t- sometimes, uh, where he can just get overpowered at times. Um, but he's got tremendous first-step quickness, uh, his ability to go reach defensive tackles, and he's, he's powerful. I mean, he's, he's a former wrestler. Salon, Iowa, I mean, small town, you wrestle and you hope that you can play football for the Iowa Hawkeyes one day. That's that's your whole sure. dream as a kid. That's kind of what he did. So he plays with great leverage from his wrestling days. Um, the Ravens have had a bunch of guys that were great defensive players, you know, Ray Lewis, Tony Siragusa, a bunch of guys that were great def- wrestlers growing up. And you see that type of athletic ability on the field, the way that they played. And so... Uh, that's what he brings. You know, he's a feisty, undersized kid that plays with great leverage, and he's got great quickness. I'll bet if he played racquetball, uh, you probably couldn't get a ball by him. Um, <laughs> wrestling, he's going to put you down on the mat. Uh, he's going to finish. He's got, you know, he's he's got a he's got a, a great uh, tenacity about the way that he plays. And so, look, he played nine snaps in preseason. I mean, he just has to he just has to play. He'll he'll figure things out. You know, blitzes and defensive schemes and you know, 350-pound defensive tackles in this business. He's going to see a couple big guys. Um, Roquan Davis is 6'8", 340 pounds on his nose. Uh, we got to see how he handles guys like that. Christian Wilkins is a really good defensive tackle. Uh, we'll see how he handles some of those guys inside for the Dolphins. They're not, they're not easy to handle. Um, no doubt. No doubt. That that will be a challenge. There's no question. Baldy, I, I'm going to wrap with this. because We get ready for uh, Sunday, Ravens-Dolphins on uh, Compass Media what is the biggest difference to you 
in where the Ravens are and maybe where the teams... We, I think most people believe it's the Bills and the Chiefs that are currently the top teams in the AFC. What's the biggest difference in where they need to be in order to close that gap and to have a chance to break through this year in what we know is just an insanely loaded conference? I mean, everybody talked about the AFC West being the best conference, but if you looked at week one, I mean, you, you know, just for Pittsburgh to go into Cincinnati to see what Cleveland did mm-hmm. and how good they looked. I mean, Jacoby Brissett, you know, wasn't great, but he didn't have to be great because the defense was and the running game was. They're, they're still, like, wait till they get Amari Cooper going, but he schooled two cornerbacks in that game. Donovan Peoples-Jones is going to be a big player for him. Um, they're well coached. I mean, it's just a tough division. And, you know, Pittsburgh took a big hit when they lost TJ. We'll see how long it's for, but um, it's a loaded division, so every one of those games is magnified as it always is in that division. But, you know, it comes down to great quarterback play. Um, the Steelers affected Joe Burrow, who's the best quarterback, you know, passing-wise in the division. I'm sure Lamar has something to say about that. But um, their offense looked dreadful, but their defense was so good on so many different levels. Um, and so, you know, it's, 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 it's how your quarterback really plays on Sundays uh, in that division. Uh, you know, if, if Jacoby Percet can be really good, they can be really good. I don't know that he can consistently do that. But we know Lamar can. And so, to me, they all have playmakers on defense across, across this whole league and across the division. Um, it really comes down to great quarterback play. Joe Burrow was sacked seven times. He was hit 11. He threw three interceptions. He fumbled twice. And they still could have won the game on the final play. It's nuts. You know, they just couldn't kick an extra point. Now, that's how good and resilient that group can be. It is scary, actually, in a weird way. It's scary that you can struggle that much and still, if you just had a long yeah, snap, exactly. you would have won that game. That is crazy. Uh, at Baldy NFL on Twitter, of course, is how you follow him. See all of Baldy's breakdowns. And Sunday afternoon, Compass Media for Ravens Dolphins. Look forward to seeing you here in Baltimore, brother. Always appreciate you taking the time for us. Thank you so much for doing this this morning, my friend. Thank you, Glenn. Can't wait to get there on Sunday. I'm looking forward to the game myself. No doubt. Thanks, buddy. Brian Baldinger uh, joining us here on GCR. He is uh, very, very good. Um, and, and by the way, I really did. It was the, I, we, we just retweeted the, um, the one that he did about uh, Lamar staying in the pocket. And it's fascinating. It is fascinating because you see there are running lanes there, and I get it. He made a lot of great throws. And I I know Lamar Jackson is a great thrower of the football. I know that. But there were also a a good number of – he was not perfect on Sunday. Drew said he was uneven in the first half and got beat up for it, but I think that's fair. You can see it. And there are times where I just kind of wonder aloud – if the better strategy might not have been to take the running lane that was there because you're Lamar Jackson. That's all. I'm not criticizing. I'm asking a question. Lord knows I don't know better than Lamar Jackson does. Um, Today's show is also brought to you by the Tyus Bowser Show, which returns next Tuesday night. We will be at Skipjacks in Middle River. Looking forward to being on that side of town Going to be a lot of fun. I know it's a rabid area for Ravens fans. 
Uh, Tyus will be there with a special guest. The Tyus Bowser Show is a partnership of Pressbox and Great Eights Memorabilia. It's brought to you by Maryland Vascular Specialists and the all-new Ginsu Grill. Find out more by going to pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. The Tyus Bowser Show next Tuesday night, Skipjacks in Middle River, September 20th. Look forward to seeing you there. You got uh, some names for me? Oh, yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. Come, you're stumped. You're going to come back in. Where in the hell do these players play now? And I looked at the rosters this week. <laughs> we'll do that next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. See Olympic athletes in action as the nation's best horses and riders compete in one of the world's premier equestrian events at the Mars Maryland Five Star at Fair Hill, presented by Brown Academy, October 13th through 16th in Cecil County. Don't miss the breathtaking excitement of the dynamic cross-country competition or the elegance of dressage and precision of show jumping. There's also great shopping and activities, including a fresh food fest, corgi race, and a beer, wine, and spirits showcase. So come enjoy a beautiful fall day at the Mars Maryland Five Star at Fair Hill, presented by Brown Advisory, October 13th through 16th. Learn more and buy tickets at maryland5star.us. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Sports betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets every Tuesday morning at 1140. FanDuel Sportsbook GM Leon Twyman and VEASAN's Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all of the info you need and offer you a few winners. And every other Thursday at 1140, tune in for Weekend at Bookies as Andrew Stecka and Alloy Sports Brad Cronthal help make you some money for the weekend. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Tuesday and Weekend at Bookies every other Thursday. Brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. Watch at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. The Maryland Lottery presents Ravens Greatest Plays. 2021, the game on the line. With three seconds left, the Ravens connect on an impossibly long 66-yard field goal to beat Detroit. The longest field goal in history. Another great Ravens play belongs to Touchdown Joe from Silver Spring. Joe scratched a Ravens scratch-off and won a top prize of $100,000. You could be next. Play Ravens scratch-offs to win instant cash or enter to win great second-chance prizes. Please play responsibly. Experience the best in Kamado Grilling, a complete outdoor cooking appliance. The Ginsu Kamado Grill allows anyone from novices to grill masters to sear, grill, bake, and smoke all types of food. Designed for efficiency and function, the Ginsu Kamado Grill upholds the enduring legacy of the iconic Ginsu brand. Constructed out of thick ceramic, the Ginsu Kamado Grill is perfect to cook all year round, is great for parties, and ideal for tailgating with your friends. Reserve your Ginsu Kamado Grill today at Ginsu. GinsuGrills.com. That's GinsuGrills.com. Don't forget that full episodes of the show are available for free on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, and YouTube. But warning, you get what you pay for. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. All right, back in here on GCR as we continue on a Would You Rather Wednesday edition of uh, the program. By the way, what were your uh, Would You Rather Wednesday answers? Number the uh, uh, Tyler Huntley. So um, I'm inclined to say yes. Okay. I think, I mean, I think a third round pick is a great return for a yeah, backup I quarterback. I was trying to do the math on this before the show today because I, when I, you said second round pick, I was like, I, definitely. I think if it was yeah. a second round pick, everyone, I, yeah. I think you have to say yes if it's a second round pick, which is why I made it third round pick. Um, I did also think like, is, what if it was a second round pick, but you have to give back a fourth or a second round pick, but you have to give back a third, right? Like, do you do it yeah. then? 
Like if it, yeah. I, if it was a second round pick and you had to give back a third. Uh, nah, well, I don't know. If it was second round pick and you had to get back a fourth, I'd probably still say yes. Second right? round pick like, from the Cowboys, so maybe in the top half of the second. Maybe, round. right? <laughs> like, I, I don't, Which, I don't know. Yeah. But ultimately, for a third, I think I'm doing. I don't, man, I don't know. That's really tough because I yeah. do. Again, I don't think you can win a Super Bowl if Lamar Jackson goes down. I think you're, it's it's out the window. But if he were to miss three games in the middle of the season Tyler Huntley could get you by I think you believe that you could win one or two of them with Tyler Huntley depending on who they were against um and so because of that I'm inclined to say you know hold on and there's been a couple people that brought up like hey I actually think Anthony Brown might be better than Tyler Huntley and so you know trade to Huntley and elevate Anthony Brown to the active roster man it's it's tough it's tough it's really tough uh, number two, uh, you eating the uh, gator, or do you want the uh, the, uh, the low end fast food? Is gator supposed to be? I've never had gator either. This is my uh, only problem with gator. I, and this I, is why I was gonna say obviously, but then you were surprised when Drew never had gator. Yeah, I'm a little bit surprised because Drew's traveled. Like okay. he's he's been to places where they eat gator, so I'm a little bit surprised that, that he's never tried. Have it. you you had it? Yeah, I've had it. It doesn't do a lot for me. Is it like chicken or? It's it. That's what people tell you. Yeah. It's just chewier than that. Like that's the problem to me. Is like I. It's fine. And I'd still probably say yes over the... No, if I, I mean, this is difficult. I'm in a tough spot now because one of these fast food places now the sponsor of a show I do on the radio station, so I don't want to trash them too much. Um, and as I said, like as embarrassing as that whole spectacle was, if it had just been Chick-fil-A, everybody would have been fine. Like if the dude had just served Chick Fil A, I mean, there would be the Taco the, Bell would have been. There would have been the. There would have been the. You, you love Taco Bell. I do love you're Taco the Bell. age where you would love Taco Bell. <laughs> like that's people your age love Taco Bell, and then suddenly wake up one day and we're like, "What was I doing exactly? Like what?" But trust me, I, I had a lot of cheesy gordita crunches during my time. I promise you, I I get it. Like I just again, it, there's an age. Okay, so I'm, so it's not Taco Bell. It was, if I remember correctly, it was like all McDonald's, Burger yeah. King, Wendy's. Like it was just the the lowest of the low rent. I, I will say, I mean, that's a safer option for me because I don't know what I'm getting into with Gator. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm inclined yeah, and, to lean and that I'm, direction. And I'm the exact opposite way. Like, I can't eat that food yeah. anymore. I just can't. I cannot do that to myself. I don't hate my body enough to eat that food anymore. I'll just eat the damn Gator, and I'll deal with the fact that it's chewy because it's probably going to be served with a nice remoulade. Like, that's what they normally serve with Gator. It's nice and seasoned. So I'm, I'm just going to choose to enjoy that because I cannot. I, again, I just don't hate myself enough to eat all those other foods. And then number three, uh, would you rather, you're Steph Curry. Um, I would say I would rather, I would also rather try and do it without Durant for... It, it's a tough thing, right? I mean, like, I mean, I'm not sure, like, I'm not because sure what's, what What's it, wrong like, with just winning more titles? Right, it's exactly. like, what's wrong? This I'll, is, I'll never be able, I'm never going to experience that, so I can't really, <laughs> I can't really it, speak, it's, it's like, such how, a f- like, it's a fascinating question. Does, does it matter question. who's on your team? It's I a guess. fascinating question because I it really does bother me the way that we talk about the Durant thing, right? Like we it's not a we have so much more disdain for Durant doing what he did than for LeBron James, you know, uniting with other stars, than for Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen and Paul Pierce doing what they did in Boston for some reason well they had already won had they no. didn't they didn't Golden no. State hadn't won yet oh, oh you okay Golden State did yeah, yeah, yeah. Golden he joined State a team that was already had winning had won a title yes yeah. they had won one title at that point um and then they had lost in the finals that year to 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 uh, uh, LeBron to, yeah, yeah that was LeBron. the year that LeBron won in Cleveland they lost to the Cleveland LeBron team and then he went there after that i don't understand why we think it matters they had already won a title like i don't i just we, we come up, we keep the target moving 
to try to back up something because we really just want to discredit Kevin Durant for some reason. Like he isn't one of the great greatest basketball players of all time. Um, I'm not worked up about that. But I don't know. There is something about the fact that Steph Curry got to remind everybody exactly who he is. Yeah, like it, we have been dismissive of Steph Curry's right, and, and placement make, among the greatest basketball players of all time because we've kind of portrayed him as a one-hit. He might be the greatest one-hit wonder in the history of basketball, but we've kind of portrayed him as a one-hit wonder, right? Like, he's a three-point shooter. That's what he is. And we've utterly ignored the fact that, no, he's actually been a really great basketball player, and he deserves to be talked about the way that LeBron James is discussed. He deserves to be talked about in those ways because now twice, not single-handedly, but he's now twice carried teams to titles. And he's also was a significant part of two others. Right, and that's the other thing. Like Maybe after this past finals, his, his legacy is already cemented. And... And so at this point, maybe he now he can just go, yeah, f it. I want. I'm going for Bill but Russell. Is, I'm going which for Jordan. Is more, yeah, which yeah. is more valuable? Is it more valuable to try to win more titles, or is it more valuable to try to further separate yourself from the greatest players of all time by what you do individually? I I don't know the answer. God, yeah. it's a wonderful problem to have. Obviously, <laughs> I think I would probably be with you. I think I would probably say like, no. I, there are other pieces I would rather add in add into this mix instead of Kevin Durant that I think can fortify the team. Like they got to deal with what Draymond Green and Klay Thompson are moving forward. Because what we saw last year, it's a miracle that they won the title despite how bad Klay Thompson looked and despite how bad at times Draymond Green looked. So they got to figure out if Draymond Green can still be a factor moving forward, if Klay Thompson can bounce back. Jordan Poole clearly looks like a guy, now maybe he disappeared a couple times in the biggest moments, but... Jordan Poole certainly looks like a, a a star of some sort, a guy that's on the rise that can help him for a little while. They got Andrew Wiggins. Uh, you, by the way, Andrew Wiggins <laughs> looked great. I mean, Andrew Wiggins looked exceptional during the NBA Finals. Like we can laugh about it, but I don't know that they win the title without Andrew Wiggins. Yeah. Like Andrew Wiggins was awesome. So I think that they could use some more parts, but I would probably be more inclined to do that and say we think we can keep winning titles. If we build it, we don't need to be Durant. If we can just add in some other pieces that can help out, um, then I think we can keep winning titles, and that maybe does more for my legacy long term. But it's a, it's a it's a damn fascinating question to me. Continue to get me your responses at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter for Would You Rather Wednesday, brought to you by Glory Days Grill. Also, everybody's having fun. I I think that somebody shared out a, a old WJZ clip about Fancy Clancy yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I retweeted it, and I just said, and it's factual. The man, this this yeah. this clip is from 1985. You want to play it, or um, you can if you'd like. Sure, go ahead. This is a clip from WJZ in 1985 about Clancy. Yeah. His name is Clarence Haskin, but everybody knows him as Clancy, the ballpark poet, the super vendor of Memorial Stadium. Hey, hustle, hustle, always on time. Clancy's here with another run. Beer man, beer man. I can sell any beer, I tell you the truth. I mean, I don't want to be uh, bragging or anything, but, you know, my popularity, it helps a lot. All right, all right, we we we, we get we, we get it's it's you look it's Clancy it's yeah. it's amazing but it's thirty seven years ago, thirty seven years and all I said was just one sentence and of course it's th- these are the tweets that of course get traction right 
Like, all I said was the man does not look even a single day older today. And I stand by that. Like, we just had Clancy in studio, not that, uh, maybe, it was right around, might have been, like, right before the pandemic. It might have been, like, the week before the pandemic hit. Um, I mean, he looks... he has not changed. He (laughs) looks the exact same. The exact same. The best response that I got, because it was mostly just people liking the tweet and whatever, like, but the best response that I got to this, and and it, it is a good one, and it makes a lot of sense... Uh, came from oh god I gotta find it where is this it was from from Rick that one was it Rick he just said uh, who would have thought that uh, yeah Rick exactly right mentioned elsewhere in the Twitter sphere before as it relates to Clancy but apparently running up and down stairs with heavy objects on your shoulders (laughs) is good for you I mean mean, in fact the argument you make because it's our buddy Eric Arditi said you could make an argument he actually looks younger today he does actually maybe even look more ripped today like if you saw like he looks even more jacked today than he looked in 1985 um the dude he looks like he could still play linebacker right now in the nfl 37 years later it's insane gotta love clancy that's my guy that's my guy all right uh let's go through this because we still got to get one more break in this. yeah that's the unfortunate part um all right i guess i'll start with an easy one i just want to make sure you know where this guy is, mm-hmm. Zadarius Smith. Yeah, Zadarius Smith ended up in Minnesota. Of okay, course. all right, yes, yes. Thought, we thought he was coming home. Yes. Um, all right, next, let's go with uh, wide receiver DJ Shark. Uh, uh, Detroit, right? Yes, yes, yeah. he is. DJ Detroit. Shark up in Detroit. Yeah. All right, let's go with um, another receiver, former Raven, Miles Boykin. Uh, Pittsburgh. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Pittsburgh. He is in Pittsburgh. All right, let's. Uh, all right, Matt Breida, running back. I did not know Matt Breida was still in the NFL. <laughs> I this is I have no clue. How about who needs a running back? Who needs a running back? Uh, uh Houston. Not Houston. Not okay. on the team that you would think needs a running back. Okay, who is it? Uh, the, the Giants. No idea. He I is a not, New York Giants. Gun to my head, I could not have told you that Matt Breida was still in the NFL. Good for him. I mean, <laughs> it's good news. How about uh Carl Nassib? Uh, I did not know this one until this week. Mm. The Buccaneers. Yes. I had no. Clue. I know neither. And I. honestly, and I wrote about it in in, in uh, power rankings. I really was terrified that he had just been run out of the NFL. Like I was, I, I hate saying that, but well, he was with Oakland or Oakland he Vegas, was with Vegas, yes, last year. But I was, I was, you know, look, man, I, I'm, I wish this wasn't the case, but I think we know that it might have been easy for NFL teams to say, yeah, yeah, we're good. Like I, I was actually relieved when I found out that he was. Uh, uh, with the Buccaneers. How about uh, Jalen Moore, just cut by the Ravens, got picked up? I, that is not relevant enough for me to have right. any idea. Is, is, he on a, is he on an active roster? Uh, I mean, he's on. He's listed on their roster on the website. Really? Yeah. That's a bit surprising. On the Jags. Jalen Moore got picked sure, up by the Jags. Good for Jalen Moore. Um, how about Miles Jack? Linebacker. I didn't know Miles Jack had a new team. Miles um, <laughs> Jack. I'll say... He is in the division. New Orleans. He's oh. in the division. Same division that he was in? No, no. He's in, he's in, oh, Ravens he's in the Ravens division. division? Yeah. He hadn't been Cleveland? No. Where did he end up? He didn't Pittsburgh. I had no idea. Neither did I. No idea. Miles Jack is right, a So now what am I? I'm, I'm four for seven now? Oh, I get, yeah. yeah. You're keeping track? Good. I am. Um, all right. Let's go with Patrick Laird running back. I can't believe Patrick Laird's still in the NFL. <laughs> neither, neither could I. Ah. Oh, God. This got bad. <laughs> Philly. Not Philly. I don't know. Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Why? I don't know. All right, four for eight. Okay. <laughs> uh, you, you know, you know where Hayden Hurst is, right? Uh, yeah, he's Cincinnati. Yeah, Cincinnati. Yeah. I, I, 
completely forgot I saw yeah. until he caught a touchdown, I think. Oh, did he? Yeah. Okay. Or caught, he made some big All catch. Right. And I was like, look at that guy's hair. And then he turned around. Yeah. I was like, that's Hayden Hurst. Uh, I, it, there, was, there was a lot of uh, tight end movement. Yeah. Like, there was a lot of that this offseason. I don't know if this is a guy on a new team, but uh, Jeff Swaim. Uh, Speaking of tight ends. He, he's not a relevant enough one, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, Seattle still. No. Tennessee. Yes, Tennessee. I, you know what? I, this is the <laughs> problem. There are two Swames. Or there's a Swame and a Swain. There's, there's a Freddy. Yeah. I, there's Jeff and Freddy. So it, get it, a I Freddy get, Swame? Okay. I, or Freddy Swain. It's either Swain or Swain. Hang on a second. Freddy Swain. Yes, Freddy Swain. Oh, Swain. S-W-A-I-N. Who oh. apparently is no longer in Seattle. He's now in Miami. Left for Miami this season. Good so for him. In fairness, I would have gotten that wrong either way. But I did... I'm kind of going to take a, a half a point on that one because it's mo- it was more my confusion in Swain and Swain, and I've done that forever since those okay. two people have existed. Right, so I'm, I'm giving myself a half a point. Um, how about uh, Ravens legend Trenton Cannon? I, de- I mean, how the hell was I supposed to know that Trenton Cannon was still in the NFL? Jesus. He's Returner. Act- return specialist, he's I think. The Raiders. Nope. Okay, who? Same team, Tennessee. Okay, sure. Sure. Uh, Tavon Austin. I just saw this, and I had no idea. Buffalo. Yep. Buffalo. Yeah, neither did Tavon I. Tavon Austin is with the Bills. How about Sony Michel? Uh, he's a Charger. Yes, he is. All right, let's go with Philip Lindsay on this running back kick. I, you know, I didn't know he was still in the NFL, and I remember seeing that he had a new team, and I... Mmm. Mmm. I definitely saw this. It was... But I'm not... I thought he was on the practice squad. I thought he was not actually on the active roster. He was on the website. Maybe... I, 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 didn't, I didn't go double-check make sure they're on the P squad. squad. and active roster, my dog. There's a very different... Yeah, I don't think he... Um, I guess he wasn't active. It was it the Colts? Yes, it was. Okay. Indianapolis Colts. Philip Lindsay. Um, still on running back. Trey Sermon. Philly. Yeah. Um, Bobby Wagner, linebacker, Super Bowl champion, Ram. Yes, he is. He is a, a new Ram. Um, Davis Webb, backup quarterback. <laughs> no chance. Davis Webb. Again, I'm gonna bet that's a practice squad too. Uh, yeah, I believe he is. Yeah. Bears. Uh, the Giants. Okay. <laughs> sure. Um, Logan Woodside, another backup. <laughs> we could do this all day, <laughs> especially if they're not on the active roster. I think Logan uh, Woodside is the active. Or actually, no, he's not. Yeah, I guess he could. Maybe they they could be activating three quarterbacks. I'm not sure. The Titans. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's he where he was. Yeah. So that's what, I mean, that's just one guy that didn't move. That's all right. How about uh, Dante Pettis, wide receiver? I saw this one too. I couldn't believe that Dante Pettis was still in the NFL. The Bears. Yep. Big revenge game over the weekend. Scored a touchdown Bears. against the 49ers. Um, Zach Pascal. I did not know he had moved. I thought he was still in Indy, and I did yeah. see that he had a new team, too. Uh, Pascal ended up... Also with the Bears? Not with the Bears. No, it is okay. with the team that we already named. Uh, I mean, we've named a lot of teams. Too. Eagles. The Eagles. Okay. Philadelphia Eagles, Zach Pascal. Uh, Kyle Van Noy. I told you get 10. We're already up to 20. I'm right, well, sorry. I found a lot uh, of them that I like. Kyle Van Noy, the, the Jets? No. He's wearing number eight with the Chargers. Okay, all right. Um, trying to say, oh, Philip Dorsett. That's a good one. Uh, Philip Dorsett is a Texan. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Um, who else do I have left here? Uh, Stephon Gilmore. I did not. Uh, Colts. Yeah, and I did not know yeah, that. Did I? I had no idea, and he was really good. <laughs> I don't know what happened there. 
Uh, you know where Nikhil Harry ended up? I think that I guess uh, that's Bears. Of, yeah, kind yes. of fresh news. Yes. Uh, how about Ravens legend Devontae Harris? <laughs> no. He's that. playing corner for the Bears as well. Oh, okay, good for good for him. All right. um, five more at most because we're at twenty-five. I, okay, I only have. I think I only have like three more. Well, uh, I mean, get get us a thirty. Get us an even number, dog. Oh, sorry. Well, I, I I just kept going until I got tired of looking for names. Okay. Uh, Dustin Hopkins, kicker. Who's he kicking for? Washington. No. Uh, okay. Chargers. Okay, if you say so. Chase McLaughlin. Who's he kicking for now? This is a, if we're doing going to do kickers. Let's just end it at twenty-five. He's the only kicker, only other kicker I have. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, the 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 Lions just got picked up by the Colts. Oh, after because they, they dropped after they uh, cut, uh, cut hot rod. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Nick Foles. Uh, Nick Foles. Uh, Nick Foles went back to uh, Frank Reich. He's a Colt. Yes, he is. Yes, yes, he is. And I stopped after that one. So you can come up with two more. Uh, this is what I say. Head. Get us to a round number. Like, pull up a roster right, and, right, and right, find well. a name. All right, all well. My God, man. What are we doing? All right, all right, hang tight, hang tight. No, not hang tight. Just I got one for you. Throw out a name. Is, oh, this is a great one right here. Um, Where Come on. is Come on. Uh, this guy? You just you say a name. No clue this all right, guy. We tried. We did, we did our best. And it um, Jonathan it Allen. He's still a commander. Yeah, yeah. Why would he not be a commander? I, what man, was that? I could, You're not even I trying. You. Thought I could You're not there. even trying. They're just the first roster I clicked. And You're not even trying. All right, so I went... What did I go? I went... Uh, Amir Abdul. There we go. Uh, Lions? Not Lions. What is it? He is a Las Vegas Raider. Oh, uh, Raider. All right. Oh, and they got Brandon Bolton, too, yes, actually. They did, which yeah. I had I was, no idea. I was thinking about saying him next. I had no idea. <laughs> All right, so I got 10, 14 and a half. Seven, 17 and a half out of 30. I'm taking that. That's a win. I went better than 50-50. It's a win if you get this guy from... No chance. Uh, He is... Okay. Say a no, name. No, 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 no. Okay, no, no, give no. It. we're giving it. we got to take another break still. We have to wrap up the show. These four on. break days are going to be a problem. I want to find a good No, one. we got to go. All right, fine. All right, thank you. That's, that's that. I did all right, though. I'm, yeah. I'm proud of that. Yeah, effort. that was good. All right, we come back in. We, we should do, do, you want to do that every day. Every day. <laughs> I, mean, I feel like I'd be sharp at some point. Uh, today's show also brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland, where they're giving you free bets. But the way it works, you put your $25 bet in, the parlay bet in, and you get a $5 free bet that you can use on a same-game parlay. But it's got to be 500 plus 500 odds or, or higher. All right, so it's a chance to make a freebie bet that could end up paying off big time just because you put in the bet that you wanted to. Go to the window if you have questions, because I get it. I'm not. It's very it's diff- difficult for me to explain eloquently. If you've got questions about it, go to the window. Just say I heard you were doing free bet giveaways. And they will explain it all to you right there at the window in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. Tidbit tubular. Wrap it up next. Glenn Clark Radio. Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food, 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point Boulevard. What's up, everyone? This is Tyus Bowser, and I'm excited to tell you that I'm back with season two of the Tyus Bowser Show in partnership with Pressbox and Great Ace Memorabilia. Join us on Tuesday nights throughout the season as I'll be heading all over town with my special guests, and of course, our co-hosts Glenn and Rita. Or is it Rita and Glenn? What is it? 
I look forward to meeting you guys and talking a little bit about football and a lot about life. And if you happen to miss the show, you can now catch a replay Friday nights on 1057 The Fan. Get all of your details for the Tyus Bowser Show right now at PressBoxOnline.com slash Bowser. The next Tyus Bowser Show is Tuesday, September 20th at Skip Jack's Crab Deck in Middle River. It's brought to you by the all-new Ginsu Grill and Maryland Vascular Specialists. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Bo Smolka profiles Ravens tight end Mark Andrews' path to NFL stardom, from his late decision to play the sport full-time through having to overcome type 1 diabetes and more. Also, inside, we introduce you to football players at Maryland, Navy, Towson, and Morgan State, and we give you everything you need to know for betting football this season. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily cover of demos, ravens, and terps at PressBoxOnline.com. See Olympic athletes in action as the nation's best horses and riders compete in one of the world's premier equestrian events at the Mars Maryland Five Star at Fair Hill, presented by Brown Academy, October 13th or 16th in Cecil County. Don't miss the breathtaking excitement of the dynamic cross-country competition or the elegance of dressage and precision of show jumping. There's also great shopping and activities, including a fresh food fest, corgi race, and a beer, wine, and spirits showcase. So come enjoy a beautiful fall day at the Mars Maryland Five Star at Fair Hill, presented by Brown Advisory, October 13th through 16th. Learn more and buy tickets at maryland5star.us. The Maryland Lottery presents Ravens' Greatest Plays. 2001, the big one. New York had just scored and momentum was on their side when the Ravens returned the ensuing kickoff 84 yards for the touchdown that cemented their first world championship. Another great Ravens play belongs to Beth of Riverdale. Beth played Ravens scratch-offs and won a chance to travel with the team to an away game. You could be next. Play Ravens scratch-offs with instant prizes up to $100,000. And please play responsibly. To follow the show on Instagram, it's just Glenn Clark Radio. And to follow the show on OnlyFans... Wait, I don't think you're supposed to know about that one. Any hoodle. Take it away, boys. Coming soon, the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill, the perfect ceramic tailgate, or home grill to sear, grill, bake, and smoke all kinds of food. Get the details and reserve yours today at ginsugrills.com. Let's get a tidbit. Tidbit of the day is brought to you by the print issue of Press Box, available right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find Press Box. That's Mark Andrews on the cover. Great cover story from Bo Smolka, really diving into his unlikely path to NFL superstardom. Go get it right now or read it at PressBoxOnline.com. All right, so uh, Aaron Judge hit two more home runs last night. He, he is up to uh, 57 on the season. By the way, we're not really having this debate. The people that are, I know Ben McDonald tried bringing it up last night. There is no debate about who's hit the most single home uh, home run, home runs in a single season. Like you're, I, you can be as mad about it as you want. There is no debate. There is no who's the real home run champ. There's no controversy to be generated whatsoever. You're just trying to force it because you don't like Barry Bonds. It's fine. I, you can have whatever opinion you want to have. I don't think he's a likable guy. But you can't try to make, yeah, you know, you can't try to rewrite the history that's been written. That's Major League Baseball's problem. They didn't care. They didn't try to do anything about steroids at the time. And so they got to deal with that. Aaron Judge will not be the single season home run king by hitting 62 home runs. I agree. Um, he's brought his uh, WRC plus, his weighted runs created plus, up to 206. Um, and if he's able to maintain that number or go higher, he will join a. Uh, and WRC is uh, the it like uh, tries to account for ex- external factors like ballpark and era. So 
100 is league average. 150 would put you like 50% above league average. And then so 206 is okay. insane. Um, uh, next closest is Jordan Alvarez and Paul Goldschmidt. They're like 184, I think. I had it up here a second ago. Yeah, 184 and 183. Oh, okay. uh, so, yes, unbelievable year for Aaron Judge. And if he's able to stay at 206 WRC+, plus, uh, he will join only uh, only eight other players who have had a season uh, with the WRC plus that high. Oh, you know me. I've been studying WRC plus for a long time, so <laughs> I can definitely give you the list. So, the, yes, there are eight guys that have done that. I- I'm going to guess Barry Bonds. Yes, Barry Bonds. He posted four such seasons. A-Rod? Not A-Rod. Uh, Pujols. Not Pujols. Uh, um, uh, Babe Ruth. There you go. Babe Ruth did it six seasons. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Hank Aaron. Not Hank Aaron. Not Hank Aaron. This skews hitting home runs. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. So, they're not not everyone, like, you know, smashed. Yeah. Not everyone is mashed. Oh, I thought it was... Huh. Uh, Mickey Mantle. Yes, Mickey Mantle did it. I had I believe he had one season. Okay. 1957. Another guy that did it six times. Another guy that did it six times. Yeah. For the Boston squad. Boston. Uh, Yastrzemski? Not Yastrzemski. Uh, Boston. Did it six times for Boston. David Ortiz. Not David Ortiz. Much older, much older. Much older. Much older, you say. Ted Williams. There you go. Ted Williams. He did it six times for the Boston squad. How about that? Once in 1941 and in 1957. So like a 16, just 16 years difference there. World War difference. I, I believe you. Um... Um, I'm trying to think. Another, there's another Yankee on there. There's another Yankee, Lou Gehrig. Yes, sir. Lou okay. Gehrig did it in 1927. A, How about Sammy Sosa? Not Sammy Sosa. How about very old uh, Detroit player, Al Kaline. Not Al Kaline. Even older. Even older than Al Kaline. So, God, even older. Greenberg. Not Greenberg. Man, I don't know. Ty Cobb. Oh, Ty Cobb. Yeah, I guess Ty I should have guessed. guessed that. That's yes. stupid. And really. then for the St. Louis team in the 1920s, this guy had two seasons. 1920. Come on, man. Who? Rogers Hornsby. Uh, right, fine. Yes. We could have been here all day on that. Yeah. And then Mark McGuire had 205 in 1998. Right. Not good enough. Oh, bum. He stunk. He stunk. <laughs> But yeah, so unbelievable stuff from right. he's the MVP, right, Aaron Judge? I mean, I mean so you know I mean, what, man? I so Otani because WRC is just a hitting statistic. So Otani's at one forty nine for his hitting, and I mean it's uh, I don't know. Should, do we want to get into an MVP discussion? Mm, not right now because okay. it's twelve eighteen. <laughs> like I, I, this is really difficult because it, you do have to think about the factor of where he's hitting those home runs. And while I get it, that's where he plays. They all count. I understand that. But like in, in the minutia of this debate about MVP, I, I don't know. That is relevant to me. It's relevant to me that he's hitting fly balls that would not be home runs anywhere else at Yankee Stadium. And I'd have to figure out what the number is. Yeah, I think it, I think it is pretty low. Like mean? how many like how many home runs he's hit at Yankee Stadium that, w- that wouldn't have been home runs anywhere else. Well, I mean, I, no, I'm just saying anywhere else. I'm saying oh, okay. like... 
you know, how many home Roughly runs like has he hit the, that wouldn't be home runs in at least 10 other ballparks? Right. Well, how many other guys have hit? You know? I'm not, I get it. I, this is about the, minu- it's not me detracting from what he's done. It's about the minutia of a debate about MVP when the guy that you're going up against continues to do things, again, we have not seen since Tungsten Armo Doyle. All right? So, like, yeah, it's a very difficult conversation to have. I think the people that want to believe that there is one obvious correct answer are wrong. There is not an obvious correct answer. I think there's plenty of room for opinion, but I don't think there's an obvious correct answer about MVP. Tubular is brought to you by the Maryland Five Stars. See Olympic athletes in action as the nation's best horses and riders compete in one of the world's premier equestrian events. At the Mars, Maryland Five Star at Fair Hill, presented by Brown Advisory, October 13th through 16th in Cecil County. Here's what's coming up, totally tubular this evening. Tyler Wells on the mound for the Orioles against Patrick Corbin in the Nationals, 7 o'clock. Uh, Masson 2 for the Orioles broadcast. Masson for the Nationals broadcast. MLB Network, Angels Guardians at 1. Padres Mariners at 4. Dodgers Diamondbacks at 10.30. FS1 for Brewers Cardinals at 7.45. Champions League again today. Uh, Paramount Plus for all the games. Golazo Show at 3 on CBS Sports Network. ESPN 2 has the Campeones Cup. I know you never miss that. Uh, Atlas, whatever that is, against NYCFC at 7.30. TNT for AEW Dynamite tonight at 8. Some non-sports highlights? Non-sports, we have, uh, where, where are we? Oh, MasterChef Finale on Fox. I thought that um, was last week. They, there's, still... there's two parts. There's two parts. Jesus I thought I, maybe Christ. I didn't specify that. Um, Amazon Prime is doing... I just got through the semifinals, so I didn't realize I had two more whole things to watch. Well, congratulations. Jeez. It's exciting. Right. Got more. More to watch. Uh, Amazon Prime's doing their NFL pile on. It's supposed to be it, with. It's hosted by Taron Killam. I'm good. And it's like the preview. I'm good. There, uh, it's like supposed to be like a comedy thing. Sure I guess it is. the preview um, Thursday night football on Amazon Prime. I'm all right. Uh, big thing is I do ha- like Taron Killam though. That's yes, I know. Part. I like him too. I the, like Taron Killam. The, they did a little like ad preview yeah, thing. I think it I was, saw it was it not. Did, you know, it just not looked great. like any other attempt. And look, I wish there was a good way to do a sports comedy show. Norm did one once upon a time on uh, the old Versus Network. Mm. Um, it's just a very difficult like sport. this one. This one. Yeah, this is this is the one. Um, it's just very difficult to do it, man. It's very, very difficult to do it. And I, you know, I, I think it's, I think it's better suited the way that some places do it where they try to incorporate like comedy sketches into their shows. I, you know, Caliendo obviously has been very good at it over the years. I don't think the Rob Riggle stuff has really been all that good on Fox. I mean, again, I've never yeah, watched them. So, I've yeah. never watched yeah. that show. I only ever see if it pops up on social media. So maybe it in the context of the show it's good. i don't know i don't know it's tough it's very tough to do uh finale of high school musical the musical the series out sure, on disney plus sure tonight uh but the big thing on hulu uh season five premieres of the handmaid's tale oh yes you know i've never gotten into the handmaid's, handmaid's tale. i think it's my very mom's dark. into it very yeah. dark very um dark. and steve carell is gonna be on colbert and then kim kardashian is gonna be on james corden Okay, talking about interesting whoever her uh, new boyfriend's no, gonna be. No, well, because the like Chris Jenner was on last week, and she said uh-huh. that the what, what they brought the the sex tape with Ray J, and that like for some like they, they they like didn't want it to come out, and then Ray J went on I think IG Live or something, okay. and was all like, no, they told they were like paying me to release this thing, ah. and so it got. Okay. Which is which is why it's interesting that Kim K is going now on. That would not. I do not care. Not, but I'm. I you know if what? If you're up at twelve thirty-seven, turn on CBS. There are people that do. <laughs> hey, thanks today to Brian Baldinger. Thanks also to Eric Edholm and to Drew Forrester. We'll get all that up in the greatest hits section of the <coughs> tab at glennclarkradio.com. 
tomorrow, uh, Kevin Harlan's going to join us, correct? Uh, we should stop at Bowie as well. Okay. Uh, Kevin Harlan joins us before he will call the Ravens game Sunday for CBS. Uh, apparently, we're making a trip to Bowie and stuffing things on the program tomorrow. Weekend at Bookies. Weekend at Bookies, sure. Thanks to everybody at Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including... Our friends at Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, Acasa Inn, the Maryland Lottery, Guilford Hall Brewery, Great Eights Memorabilia, the Fandor Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, Maryland Vascular Specialist, the all-new Ginsu Grill, the Baltimore Orioles, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. I think we're going to start getting more contact up on content up on TikTok. Unfortunately, we did not have the ability to sign into our TikTok account for a little while. Carson Weekly got that taken care of. Thank you, pal. Uh, and I think we're good now. All right. Have a great Wednesday evening. Go Birds. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too.